but it's really a chopper, you know, the style of it. I want to be clear about that. I'm not sure if I'm Australian or Cockney or Sean Connery or or Michael Caine, but I'm I'm somewhere in between all that and, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Autopod Decepticast. This is your twice-monthly podcast that temporarily delivers juice on the Joe, but now offering a brief respite by revisiting our Robo Bros. More on that later. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is your host, Aaron, and you know, the three of us, we're very self-aware people, uh, high EQ, as they call it in the HR evaluation <laughs> world, and and though we know we have attributes of, of youthful exuberance and, and a, certainly a definitive connection to the culture of millennials and Gen Z, the truth is that we're 40 fucking years old, and, and a lot of baggage <laughs> comes with that. Take me, for instance. I was, a, <laughs> I was a radio ad exec, and I hated my job. No passion for it at all. <laughs> Co-host B, we'll call him Ryan, he was a successful sporting goods salesman and playboy who recently married a beautiful underwear model, but he just can't bring himself to plant that seed. And of course there's co-host C, C for Caleb, trapped in a loveless marriage to his ogress of a wife. Well, here's, here's the deal. We take these yearly trips to uh, escape the reality of our individual midlife crises. And last year, we ran the Bulls in Pamplona, Spain, but this year... For our 40th, we decided an old-timey cattle drive was the key, so we took a herd of cattle from New Mexico to Colorado with the goal of finding renewed purpose in life. And, you know, after some rough times with the grizzled old trail boss, I I managed to cause a stampede, gain some cowboy wisdom, birth a calf, fight some drunken cowboys, and even though the trail boss died on the run, I managed to rally the troops, and guess what? We delivered that cattle to Colorado just in time for their diversion to a slaughterhouse. And, you know, along the way, we all gained true insight vision into our lives. Ryan, well, he decided to knock up his wife. And Caleb, he decided to pursue a relationship with some rando chick that we met on the cattle drive. And me, well, oh. I, I hung on to that calf and that I delivered in the field. I named him Norman and put him in a petting zoo. And life got better because I found out the one thing in life, the one thing, one thing. that was most important. And you know what it was? Your finger? Rum raisin. <laughs> Woof! <laughs> Whoa, what do you mean, Wolf? How do you know he's right? <laughs> 1,400 retail outlets, and I can't remember the line. Seabass. <laughs> I think my favorite line is actually, uh, scoop of chocolate, scoop of vanilla, don't oh, waste my time. time. <laughs> Caleb, I'm glad I get to be Bruno Kirby. <laughs> do you recall this movie at all, Caleb? Uh, yeah, City Slickers? Okay. That's right. Uh, I've never seen it. Really? Oh, it's so good. I know, you guys have talked about it for years. <laughs> First of all, is that true? He, he said so exasperatedly. You guys, have, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I believe at some point, Aaron, you had the entire thing memorized. Yeah, you, yeah. you guys really I used liked it to that. get over angst. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't guys, want to call you out like that. You guys but, really liked that movie, so I know what, I knew what you were talking about. I don't think I've ever seen the f- sequel. 
Curly Skull. Yeah. I like how you know the name of the sequel. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, I'm not. Well, I don't live in a box. <laughs> I've been living in a box. I uh, do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Sorry, I'm I didn't Ryan. Give you the I'm, opportunity. I'm, I'm <laughs> Ryan, and I won't put a baby in my wife. <laughs> that would be especially good in your situation. I'm Caleb, and my wife is most definitely not a, not an ogress. <laughs> no, I forgot about that. Like, so he just straight up is going to have a, an affair. Well, so, well no, no. So, uh, well, he'd already had an affair. You'll recall at oh, the birthday right. party, right. his uh, mistress showed up and said she was pregnant. <laughs> wow. So he knocked up a woman he worked with, and then on this cattle drive, decided to hook up with some other chick. Daniel Stern, you trash. <laughs> but yet somehow by the end of the movie it felt like he'd learned a lesson. Yeah. Because he had a he had a psychotic breakdown after they fought the cowboys and he grabbed the gun and he pointed at him and then this sort Man, of Man, uh, I need to revisit this movie. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty good. Guys, it's episode one hundred. Absolutely. Uh, we did it. Only two thirds of us are feeling good today. Poor little Caleb. I'm sorry, buddy. He's under the weather. I have a sinus infection. <laughs> <laughs> but he still showed up because he's ready to put in the work. That's right. He's, you know, he believes in the cause. That's right. He has notes. Triple yep. digits. Yep, yep. Let's and he even has, uncharacteristically has notes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm ready to get this over with. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we doing? We've been doing G.I. Joe the movie about 10 minutes at a time, but this is episode 100. And this is a Transformers podcast. Yay, so, said everybody who hates J.J. <laughs> so we got to get back to our roots, and we're going to take a, a real American respite from uh, from Joe this week and get back to Transformers. Is this where you say the word is respite? <laughs> no, I'm not going to correct you there. <laughs> <laughs> and having covered uh, Transformers Sorry. the movie minute by minute, what better way to get back to our favorite changey bots from, by, by covering the 1986 episode... Dark Awakenings. Dark Awakenings. The aptly named Dark yeah. Fucking Awakenings. Yes. So, uh, uh, so it's kind of a bummer. <laughs> quick quick shout out. We actually had made this decision, but we put out in the world uh, yesterday on Twitter, which would have been, what, Saturday the... 27th? 27th. Like, hey, give us some ideas, because we were, you know, kind of looking for some ideas. And, <laughs> and uh, we'd already settled on the Dark Awakening, but uh, Greg T., what's up, man? What up, Mike? Uh, oh, you oh, you suggest uh, now you just lost a follower. <laughs> <laughs> At least you could have done. It's been like good day. <laughs> what? Yeah. What up? Yeah. That's they say that all the time in Australia. Anyway, he suggested Dark Awakening, so I hope uh, this makes your day. Yeah, he yeah. just said Dark Awakening's commentary and review, and well, here you go, pal. <laughs> yeah. That's right. But uh, before uh, we get into all of that, you know, it's been a couple weeks. Anything? Anything new, guys? That we need to touch on personally. People love that personal life stuff. My dog has been on crate rest for two weeks because she has a spinal injury. And she has a some sort of brace? She has a back brace that okay. she hates. Uh, but like basically, we, Wes and I have put uh, the spare bedroom mattress on the floor in the living room. And she, we keep the dog on it during, like when she's out of the crate. And then when we're gone, we have to put her in the crate, which she does not enjoy. Mm-hmm. But basically, she has to move as little as possible. And she's gotten a lot of her mobility back. But um, she, yeah, it's basically carrying her everywhere. Have you considered uh, euthanasia? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really... I'm not really... I don't have my finger on the pulse of young people. In, nor do, uh, well, nor do you on your dog. I mean, <laughs> I was trying to make a euthanasia joke, but oh. it didn't pan out. Um, thanks for thanks for saying that. 
She's fine. She is twelve years old. She's adoption. She's twelve years old. So you know, is that old for adoption? Uh, they live. They can live to about like fifteen, sixteen. Can I also say I hate that you pronounce it probably properly? I I really prefer dachshund. I don't know how to pronounce it. I I don't know how to spell it. Every time I try to spell it, I, it all it falls apart. It doesn't really matter. It's just a dog. Anyway, she's <laughs> so I've been doting upon her. Gotcha. Um, well, my best. Yeah, she'll be fine. She's she recovered remarkably. She has that strange uh, wart on her head now. I had that removed. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. I'm so happy about that. It was really creeping me out, actually. <laughs> I didn't really bring it up, but now that it's over, I can Thank say. God. <laughs> she was cosmetically disgusting. Uh, have uh, Caleb, have your children done anything outlandish lately? No more than normal. Okay. Really. How's Chainsaw working out? Oh, he's very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a guinea pig. Mm-hmm. You know, that we have the other guinea pig. Yeah. And uh, they get along very well. Would Chainsaw like even more company? Uh-oh. No. Are, are you sure? Yes. Because we are looking to get, chuck just, our guinea pigs. Is Carolina not yeah. into the guinea pigs anymore? Yeah. So we, we, we rode this trend of everybody that has children uh, under 12 in our lives got guinea pigs. Well, actually, even Kaylee got guinea pigs, and she's 17. But anyway... Um, and so Carolina, our youngest stepdaughter has two guinea pigs that we've had for about six months now. Uh-huh. And, uh, one of them was an older and the other one was younger. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know how fresh it was, but maybe it was like fresh. six months or something like that. And I think it's hit adolescence because that one has become a jerk oh. and is now uh, like constantly attacking the older one. So are, we they had both, to, are they both males? They're both males. Yeah. And we've tried to do some things to curb that. And now they're they're separated. They're in a divided cage. Mm-hmm. And it's really that. creepy because the way they fight is basically tries to fuck it. <laughs> Oh, sure. Just humping dominance, like like I do with you. Constantly trying to fuck it. Except that is actually consensual. Oh, well, then I'm not into it. Oh, (laughs) good. That's a terrible joke. (laughs) So, uh, anyway, you don't want them. I don't want Is this interesting to anyone? The guinea pig (laughs) corner? Nothing to do with your guinea pig. All right, let's get into shout outs. Yay. Steals again. Shout it out. It's so catchy. Sorry, Mike. We have an international iTunes review, guys. Bring it on. And uh, this is actually from March. And because I have no way... uh, Here's how I check on our iTunes reviews. Ah, Before I go and start to do my notes for an episode, I will open up iTunes and go to our page and see if there's reviews or not. And if there are, great. But the international reviews don't show up. So for me to have to track that, I have to do some doofy thing in a browser and enter country codes. What a wonderful program. And there's no way to... So I basically pick the country codes that I know are most likely to have them based on what we can tell from our analytics where where uh, you know people are listening from. Oh, so who knows how many world. Croatian reviews we have that we haven't <laughs> even looked up. That's true. Uh, and so anyway, from the great land of Australia, uh, Kickass86. And you know, I wonder if Kickass86, if Kickass86 could be Greg, Greg T. T. I don't know. There's no way. We'll definitely never find out. Show yourself. <laughs> anyway, the headline is good times. And there was also a hang loose emoji that you need to figure <laughs> right. out to put in there. Unlike my other podcast, this one never fails me. Excellent. Uh, five stars. What was the, what's the other podcast? <laughs> yeah. I, they weren't so bold as to call that out. Wow. <laughs> you know that's a quote, right? 
Uh, no. Yeah, it's from the movie, from Transformers the movie. It's Caleb the Everyman <laughs> doesn't fail to let us down again. There's <laughs> <laughs> lack of understanding and dedication to the culture. He's wiped the Transformers the movie from his memory. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, international listeners, if you do post something, feel free. I mean, I don't want to make you do any extra work, sure. but if you have a second, send us a little note on Twitter or something to say, hey, we sent you a... Yeah, let us know. And that'll we'll get, get to stuff. it faster, and, and we won't, you know, discover it years later that, that you actually cared, and we cared. So moving on, next shout out that I think we have to uh, give, and uh, hopefully she doesn't get an all kind of big head over all of this, but uh, mm-hmm. Twitter friend All Hail Megatron, aka at All Are Dead, who we called out, but for the nice iTunes review she left in the mm-hmm. last episode. Uh, and incidentally, she is hilarious. She's uh, funny. She's a really funny person, and especially and, when mocking me. And, and she's part yeah, of the I microscopic. <laughs> Uh, contingent of haters of the Joe episodes mm. uh, as well, but uh, so hopefully this it's all in good fun. No, oh, yeah, the vocal minority. <laughs> Uh, in celebration of episode 100, she offered up some custom Autopod Decepticast beverages, which uh, we have made and are consuming now for the purposes mm-hmm. of content. Uh, Ryan, what? Uh, or actually, let me start here. The with the the Joe Mosa is drink number one, which is a, an all-encompassing drink. She made one dedicated to each co-host here, and uh, but the Joe Mosa. Uh, because she uh, doesn't like G.I. Joe, she didn't want to actually be creative. And so it's basically whatever the, the rock gut of champagne we could buy, which was what, Ryan? Uh, some kind of cheap Prosecco. Okay. And uh, orange juice and uh, a little vodka. A little vodka. That, and that's it. To make the movie better. G.I. Joe the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully so it makes Dark Awakening better. Bonus points if the, the vodka comes in a plastic bottle. And did it? Uh, no, unfortunately, oh. I just used what was on hand. <laughs> but he did, I mean, I don't know if this helps out in that, but he did buy a little split, which means mm-hmm. the investment was still, pr- like, pretty low. Four dollars. Okay, gotcha. So that is the, the Joe Mosa. And we'll put up pictures of this, and if it's okay with her, I'll post the pictures. She DM'd us of the drinks as well. She did She did a whole thing here. Yeah. yeah that was really amazing. Caleb, you, you, however, you get the drink of the everyman, a classic good beer. I got a good beer. What, what have you got in front of you? I am here? drinking an Asahi Super Dry. Ooh. I have a, um, it's a Japanese. Despite the pictures we took earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the picture is of a winter grind coffee stout. I would not probably consider that a refreshing beer. By <laughs> it's 6% alcohol and it, it's basically drinking cold up. Like cold coffee. Cold brew. Yeah. So um, I decided to make something up. <laughs> what, I, what I would prefer to drink. Yeah, what would you be drinking right now? I would be drinking. If you were well. An Asahi Super Dry. Oh, delicious. It's Crisp. A, yeah, oh, yes. It's a lager. It's mm-hmm. from Japan. Um, it's my favorite of Japanese beers. It's incredibly crisp and refreshing. Well, hopefully you can take some antibiotics, get over whatever's happening with you, actually and enjoy drink. one of those. I will. Caleb's not drinking. Poor fella. I'm, I'm just drinking some coffee. He's just staring at the unopened winter grind <laughs> bottle yeah. while drinking actual coffee. Yes. Uh, Ryan, what do you got here? Uh, mine is... <laughs> I'll just read it verbatim from what her recipe that she made here. Uh, the Ryan. Muddled mint because he thinks he's cool. Gin, for obvious reasons. Simple syrup because I may give him a hard time on Twitter, but he's a sweet guy. Oh. 
to be served in a crystal glass because Ryan knows what's up with drinkware. He does. Yeah, he does like the classic drinkware. However, he's actually drinking out of something more contemporary. It's actually it's a, true. a modern champagne flute. Way to wreck my desk. Oh, no. Way to not use a coaster. I know. Face. I screwed it up. <laughs> this desk is garbage, so it's all, all good. good. I'm glad you don't I mind. Do I left a, just left a drink time. ring on his... But, uh, yeah, it's it's refreshing. And I got the mint is from my garden. Oh, Wow, mm-hmm. you've got you're better with mint than you are with potatoes. I see. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Mint is a, truly impossible not to grow. I, I don't know that this is a crystal glass. Uh, I, think, I just picked I think one it that is was a, fun. I think it is a glass made from processed sand. All right, isn't that all glass? Oh, not well. Uh, but yeah, I just picked one that I thought looked cool and fun. Then uh, on to me. It's called the Aaron. Mm-hmm. That's appropriate. Uh, whiskey, a classy liquor for a classy guy. And by the way, thanks for not putting the word classy in quotes. Uh, ginger ale, because he makes people feel better. Aww. No, you're 100% sure I understand that reference. Uh, <laughs> berries, uh, for no reason, I just like berries. I happen to have some blueberries in the refrigerator that I that I chucked in here, so hopefully that'll complement things. And a transformer toy to give it that air and touch. And in, and in her reference photos, she had a picture of I believe it was the beachcomber from a relatively recent they did like a golden lagoon uh, release of Mm -hmm. several characters and it was the golden lagoon beachcomber so to kind of keep in tune with that I have a uh, it's a magic square they're doing all these legend sized things and that's the beachcomber that I have in there is uh, as my garnish yeah she apparently like uh, 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 screams at stars got her that beachcomber and she had to text her to ask permission this is like would you be mad if I just submerged this in in alcohol for a little bit well, here's the thing I was worried about, and you should have probably been more worried about, and hopefully it didn't play out, is that I mean, I would think the alcohol could strip the paint off of the, <laughs> off of the thing. Eh, now, maybe. it is a mixed drink, so maybe yeah. that keeps it from uh, being... Yeah, it might be. You know, uh, it's not like you're dipping it in turpentine or anything like that. Well, it's not, but... Ryan's drinks typically have Here, let me, let me make sure you're aware I'm drinking this. Hold on. That did not uh, sound good at all. No, 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 no. It sounded like a fart. More than <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks so much. At all that are dead. Very fun. All hail Megatron. That's awesome. Appreciate it. Uh, they look like they're having a fun time on a trip right now. Yeah, uh, they're in Orlando. Doing some stuff. So, okay. Um, next up. Uh, we got. This sent. is exciting. Yeah, I don't. I don't know uh, what to make of this. I think we'll just kind of find out. Mike Seibert of Mike Seibert Radio, uh, on our group text, sent us. Uh, uh, said he was going to send us a present via email for when we record episode one hundred. Mm-hmm. He asked to to not be opened until we start recording. None of you have cheated, right? Nope. nope. Okay, I have not either. Uh, and it said to and fully enjoy. Um, di- open it up before diving into the episode proper. Well, we're not into the episode proper, so nope. we haven't followed the rules. Yeah. He has sent so we us. have we have ten wave files. Okay. Present number one, present number two, present number three, etc. And so on. <laughs> I'm just gonna do it. Usually it's like you want two or three examples before you sure. say etc. You just couldn't. You thought it was gonna be present number seven, <laughs> present number. I thought it would have been funny if you had done present that. Present number nine. And then like present schwa. Present number eight. Oh, so it did happen. Present number seven. I'm just going backwards now. <laughs> right. Which one should we open first? We uh, open I guess we go with present number one. I feel like... Probably do the, yeah. All right. Well, Why do you want to fuck everything up? All right. Present number one. I sell this. I'm going to play this. Here we go. 
I recognize this. <laughs> Do you? Oh, hello there! Uh, pardon me, I was just making myself some hot cocoa. My favorite, especially with the uh, little marshmallows. Uh, what's up, guys? Mike Seibert here, and welcome to this special bonus episode of Good Morning Cybertron. <laughs> and I wanted to take a moment and congratulate you for making it to 100 episodes. It's a hell of a milestone. Uh, it's been great getting to know you guys over the last two years and sharing in your adventures. Uh, all the podcasts we've done together, uh, being included as a part of your panel at TFCon Chicago and most recently hanging out at TFCon LA with Aaron and learning way too much about myself including that I really shouldn't go host a rock show then jump on an airplane and, mm. and think I can do a full convention weekend uh, but most importantly I learned that watching Bobby Skullface videos on a Sunday morning literally makes me sick. Granny don't! <laughs> Um, but seriously, guys, uh, my point is, is that even though Autopod Decepticast is your minute by minute breakdown of Transformers, the movie, it's really a podcast about friendship. But here's the deal. Don't take my word for it. Let's kick off episode 100 with some shout outs. Yeah. Shout -out. Shout -out. Shout -out. Shout -out. That's a ripoff of my last night's favorite. Let's just do it anyway. Just stealing it from Mike Cybers. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Okay. Awesome. Hey, I was, you know, as lame as that uh, that that my singing was, I wasn't key. <laughs> okay. and, and to the rhythm. All right, on to number cool. two. This is uh, exciting. Well, if, if, I know, if I know anything about uh, Mike Cybert at all, is this about to become a whole hour of there's, this? There's, <laughs> there's, there's nine more of these. Okay, right, here we go, number two. All right. Hello, Aaron, Ryan, and Caleb. It's your unofficial self-appointed oh. number one super fan, Ernie. Just wanted to say congrats oh. on 100 episodes, and thank you for the many hours of entertainment you've given everyone and the positive effect you've had on uh, your listeners' lives, including myself. You truly make a difference, gentlemen. You really, really do. I'm looking forward to what you have lined up in the future. Congratulations. Oh, so that's what yeah, he sounds that's like. Ernie. I know. That's, oh, you can put a oh, voice in the face. That was so sweet. Thank oh, you. Right. Ernie. Shout out to Ernie. So this is going to like, some, uh, wow. All right, let's keep going because uh, I want to hear who else he reached out to. This is amazing. Hello, listeners, or should I say victims of the Autopod Decepticast. This is quote-unquote super fan of the show, Michael Andrews, a.k.a. Pizza Mike, a.k.a. Will Wright for Pizza. And here we are at episode 100. And I still can't tell the difference between Aaron and Ryan. I mean, honestly, they could be the same person. Thank God for Caleb. At least I'll always remember which one he is. Boo. The pervy one. Is that right? Is that accurate? No. Anyway, if you've been listening to the show since the beginning, my first question is, why? I mean, it's what right roast. do these bleeping books with absolutely no backgrounds in art or history have to discuss our beloved Transformers, the movie? Honestly, I'd rather have Wheelie providing commentary for this movie than these clowns. Am I right? All right, that's my time, folks. You've been great. Cybert, you can keep the five bucks because, frankly, this has been therapeutic. Ah, I feel so good. No, Michael, it's not a roast. You can't say that. This is their 100th episode. That's a milestone. Not even Moesha made it to 100 episodes. Oh, 
Uh, actually, it did. Uh, 127. Wow. Good for that. Uh, anyway, Autopodicepticus. Uh, what to say? What to say? I guess I'd probably say something like, this is one of the best podcasts I've ever had the privilege to listen to. An unrivaled trio of best buds that I could listen to talk about anything, but they happen to chose my favorite topic. I should also say how it's not as easy as it looks to put out quality content on time. You know how many podcasts throw in the towel after like seven episodes? Without Aaron's meticulous research and quirky intros, without Ryan's incredible artwork, without Caleb's... <laughs> without Caleb, the show just would not be as solid as it is. On top of that, they've given me way more credit than I deserve. Regular shout-outs, plugs for my book, and who can forget when I met them at TFCon Chicago? They could have sprayed mace in my eyes. Instead, they invited me into their little circle, like a pack of brothers I never had. And these guys are great podcast hosts, and even better humans. Endlessly generous. And funny. Most of them are funny. <laughs> yeah, I should say something like that. Not that, that. Something better. Okay, let's try that again. I'll just go ahead and hit record. It's right down here by the submit button, and off. Ah, <laughs> Wow, that was great. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, thank you, that, Mike. that was that was really good. Um, he forgot uh, Michael Michael motorcycle. This <laughs> is one of my weird nicknames for him, but it is I've never heard strange. That before. It makes really? no sense no. at all. But uh, um, oh yeah. Okay, so uh, this is turning into a weird thing. I'm becoming very self conscious about. I'm this. not at all. I feel my dick's hard, <laughs> and, and his head grew three sizes that day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I guess on to. Number four. Okay. Hello from Transmissions. This is Jeremy along with Daryl and Charles. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hey, and we just wanted to congratulate you guys on hitting 100 episodes. Uh, it's a big achievement, especially for a show that, that likes to go minute by minute you know, through movies. And you had no idea what you were going to do after um, you know, the 86th minute. So... <laughs> Glad you've you've figured out what you're gonna do, and you know it was great meeting you guys at, at TFCon last year, and um, you know just hope to see you guys in the future. And I look forward to meeting you at some point. <laughs> Sorry, I missed you last time. <laughs> Congratulations. No, he's, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, maybe we'll see see you at a future TFCon, and um, so. again, yeah, congratulations, and hope hope you have. Many more when you figure out what you're going to do after the G.I. Joe movie. Yo, Joe. <laughs> Transmissions out. Oh, thanks, guys. Oh, that was very sweet. Yeah, Jeremy and Daryl, we both, we met them at Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent some time chopping it up uh, with Yoshi. I was really drunk, so I'm sure it was really That's annoying weird. over <laughs> at uh, TFCon LA. But uh, yeah, it was fun times indeed. It'll be just weird when people eventually meet you sober. <laughs> and carrying that Bible under my arm. How are you, sir? Do you have some time to talk about the Lord? Yeah. All right. Thanks, no. guys. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Thank and we'll definitely thank everybody publicly. On Transmissions uh, has been historically uh, one of my favorite uh, Transformers podcasts. I listen to it a lot while mowing the yard. Cool. They can put that on there. That that's the pull quote. <laughs> <laughs> Great for mowing. Uh, I, I do I do get all the hot scoop from them as well. The hot the hot toy hot, scoop. Hot goss. Mm-hmm. Number five. Number five. This is Flint Springer, aka Dave Cabal, uh, wanting to wish the boys at Autopod Decepticast a happy 100 episodes. 
Congratulations, guys. Caleb, Ryan, you guys are doing a public service to the community. I would like to congratulate you guys and wish you 100 more episodes. Anyways, wanted to drop by and say hello. Thank you to Mike Seibert for this opportunity. You guys are great. All right. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs> I don't know if public service is uh, the... It's a service <laughs> in the public sphere. <laughs> but that is very sweet. Uh, Dave Cabal also met him at TFCon yep. LA. And, hey, I just shipped that poster back to you. <laughs> so that should be showing up in the next week. We had a fun exchange you. with him about like a, who, what Ninja Turtles we were. Oh, and yes. Mike Andrews and Mike Seifert got in on that as well on cool. Twitter. <laughs> Which one were you? I was Leonardo. I, I was Raphael, and then sense. somebody said that I should have been Donatello, which I was <laughs> said, oh my god, I'm doing it. I yeah. said there's a story that's too boring to tell where whenever I was, I think, were you with me, Aaron? Yes, it was John McMillan, you, me. Yeah, we were uh, just We were doofing off on a walk home from school as we did. I had some kind of staff or stick or something. We all found some staffs. Doing some weird stuff. And then, like, we walked by, I guess, a daycare. Mm-hmm. And one of the kids was out in the yard and was like, whoa, that kid's Donatello. What we were doing, I can't believe my memory on this is better than yours, wow. is uh, we were goofing. We found these staffs. or I don't know. If, I feel like they just might have been branches. Yeah. And we were, like, bow stick fighting with them. <laughs> and then we found this area that was right by, uh, like, an elementary school or a preschool or something and there was a hill and so we started then taking to pull we were pole vault we, <laughs> so we were on a flat area with a hill in front of us going down maybe about three or four feet down and then there was you know the ground continued Flattened to be level out. after that and so we were pole vaulting from the top height of that just down to the bottom mm-hmm. height and that's when a kid said that kid's Donatello. That kid's Donatello. <laughs> Very boring story. Yep, Let's move on I, to more I of these kudos. Did what I shouldn't have done. <laughs> I just thought of something when you were talking about uh, <clears throat> transmissions. You listen to them while you mow. Mm-hmm. Probably oh, no. While you're mowing other people's <laughs> oh, no. yards, right? Here we go. Triggered. Okay. I'll leave you with that. I'll kill you, Daniel. <laughs> I'll fucking kill you. Every episode, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> hey, guys. This is uh, Alpha Magnus. Uh, Toby, you've met me at a TFCon Chicago. Well, two thirds of you did. Uh, Ryan was off, probably gallivanting uh, on his own. Anyway, just wish you guys a happy 100th podcast. Uh, may we get a hundred more, and may all of your significant others have to deal with it. <laughs> uh, thanks for the poster that you've already gotten. And I actually am a huge fan of the Yo Joe, uh, Joe review. He's the second uh, one. Please do more like that. You, you've already talked to me on, on Twitter enough. Um, I can't wait to see what you guys do next for the on topic Transformers. And, uh, hope to see you around. See you in Toronto. If we're lucky, we'll see you in Toronto. I'm leaning more towards uh, DC. DC? What do you guys think of DC? I don't know. I don't know. I'm... I have more conversation on that. But 
Uh, and maybe we even pitch another show. Another. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's far or Another panel. Out. All right, we'll see. Uh, yes, Alpha Magnus. We met him. I met him in the uh, hallways. Uh, right, I don't remember if not it was the right elevator? after our. It was, it was, not after, the it was after our. It was after our thing. Was it right after our thing, or was I it so. after the podcasters panel? After the podcasters okay. panel, I think. And uh, he is a uh, toy customizer, and he does a lot of really cool. Uh, well, customizations, as one might God, say. Go check and him so out. <laughs> follow him on Twitter and see some of that. Some of it's pretty compelling. I don't know if he sells it. Mm, maybe. Hey, I've got some custom ideas, Alpha Magnus, so that I need for a some lot of them in my they collection. Involve cocks, which is weird. I need all of my masterpiece <laughs> figures to have cocks. genitals, including <laughs> my fans' toys RC. Oh no! Don't judge me. <laughs> Moving on. Good evening. This is. The loneliest Decepticon <laughs> Shockwave just wishing the Autobot Decepticast uh, a wonderful 100th podcast unit. I was wondering if you could possibly come over and like hang out or something. I'm I'm kind of bored with these comic books I've been left uh, by Megatron. I I think I would like to leave Cybertron for a moment, possibly do anything but stare at my gimp hand. Um, just please, please call, send me a button, let me know that someone's out there. I know you're half auto pod, whatever that is. Please. <laughs> that was haunting. Okay. Uh, now I'm trying to figure out who do we think that was. I have no idea. That was a great bit, but <laughs> well, it could be Alpha Magnus again. It could be. Wow. We'll to, we're, now we're going to have to <clears throat> listen to everything over again and compare Analyze the quality. Of I'm going to have like one of, those, one of those boards with all the strings connected a bunch of stuff. <coughs> it's going to be like The Wire. Mm-hmm. It's Springer Bell. It's going to be just like The Wire. It's the Barksdale crew. Maybe it's maybe it's the Bears. That, oh, uh, what if the Bears 86 <laughs> is on? No, I doubt it. I'm going to get my hopes up here. Uh, all right, we got three more here. Here's number eight. Hey there, guys. This is Chris from uh, WTF and TFW, Evangelist Central on YouTube, etc. Just recording you a quick uh, congratulations on a happy hundo. I'm not sure how you guys stretched out the 86 movie to 100 minutes quite yet. I'm assuming you got that secret director's cut that my uncle had uh, back when he worked in Nintendo. But uh, have a good one, guys. Don't mind the noise. Uh, I was just out seeing that uh, that Avengers Endgame. Ooh, let me tell you, it's pretty crazy when... Uh, <laughs> well done so, a couple of things like that uh, uh, Chris Evangelist is another person who I've probably annoyed with drunken conversation uh, at TFCon Chicago they, and LA they could always just uh, leave they, they stuck around so. you know what they didn't so it's on you people <laughs> but his YouTube videos are among my favorite out there he has some of the most compelling uh, tra- like reviews out there he does it in a way that nobody else does it puts some drama puts some art to it a little. Mm-hmm. It's got his own pastiche. Yeah, thanks, Chris. That's awesome. Absolutely. And I felt like I had one more thing to add to that. Oh, I was at a senior banquet 
because uh, my oldest stepdaughter Victoria is graduating and mm-hmm. it was a banquet and um, Vangelis was Vangelis was there exactly. and he as he <laughs> tends to be everywhere and no this kid came up on stage and spoiled Avengers Endgame for everybody in the room is that true <laughs> as, a, as a high school joke Oh that's my terrible. God. And there's about 300 people in the room, parents and kids. And well, don't, Wow. <laughs> so what a little prick. <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason he did it was because when the kid comes up, they say their name, where they're going to school, what their major is going to be at this point. But in the background is a profile of them, of little quotes that some of their friends gave about them. And this kid had a profile of that like he spoils movies all the time he's the worst and he got up he's like so he doubled down he was like guys that was like back in like eighth grade come on get over it then he did his thing he was like i'm john whatever i'm going to wherever and i'm studying whatever oh and by the way end game blah 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 and then he walked off stage dropped the mic well well, i have to say we'll see i'm gonna see end game tonight actually and i'll see if the spoilers that he dropped if they're right or not i've managed to avoid internet was everybody like was everybody like oh it all no, the room was very disturbed <laughs> by what he said. That's so funny. <laughs> God, <laughs> fuck you, kid. <laughs> okay, then, uh, present number nine. Hey, it's Haley, Bono, and Mandy, <laughs> a.k.a. I Love Megatron, Screams Up Stars, and Ain't No Wife on Twitter, just popping in to say congratulations on 100 episodes, guys. Thank you so much for all your hard work on this awesome podcast. Autopod Decepticast is a great listen for Transformers fans old or new. And when I moved to Texas, I was really sad that I couldn't go over to my friend's place and watch the 80s Transformers movie every week. So at least now we have this podcast that we can listen to every week and still reconnect. Uh, thanks again for all the laughs and Twitter shenanigans. And I think at this point we owe you all a drink. Pete on yes. we are super excited to announce our upcoming podcast project, The Autocast Decepticast, <laughs> where you present a minute-by-minute breakdown of the first 100 episodes of The Autopod Decepticast. Congrats again, guys, and here's to 100 more. That's pretty meta. Yeah. <laughs> And then the next podcast will break down their breakdown. It'll just keep getting more and more. It it sounds like down. we d- need to buy them a copy of the movie also. <laughs> yes, yes. It's available. You don't have to go to your prince house. <laughs> right. Well, so, first of all, that was very sweet. Yes, they thank you. Are, uh, uh, certainly one of the newer... A contingent of listeners, mm-hmm. and it's awesome that people actually give a shit to go. I mean, it is the kind of podcast where you do have to go back to the beginning if you really want to. It's enjoy pretty linear, it. so but and yeah, we're looking. and I I have a lot of fun interacting with them on Twitter and stuff. Yeah, they're they're, 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 they're a lot of fun. Fucking hilarious, yeah, and talented. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely, like, those those costumes are they, so good. Yeah, they're one hundred percent more talented than us. Well, what are we doing? Oh wait, you? I can sew. <laughs> That is have true. You, have you ever sewed something? <clears throat> I've sewed plenty of things. I, I made part of Melody's costume one uh, Halloween. <laughs> have you ever thought about doing a cosplay costume? He basically does every Halloween. Have you think of the thing? Like Ryan actually is a cosplayer. He's just never exhibited. Yeah. It's just at a only convention. for the the cosplay annual yeah. at Halloween. <laughs> yes, yeah, he made a real. You know his. Uh, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, Final Fantasy Seven, yeah, uh, Cloud Strike. Uh, you got into it. You, your garage was a little costume making workshop. You were fucking Jen Henson up in this motherfucker. I have. There's a large <clears throat> portion of my basement dedicated to my props and costumes. Right. Yeah, that is something you could do with life. You're an accountant. <laughs> oh, all right. A, not a good one. <laughs> You're a Quaker. Dragon. You're a Quaker. <laughs> all right. Number ten. Number ten. Bringing it home. I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess it's Mike Seibert. Oh. So there you go. Congratulations again on 100 episodes, and here's to 
at least a few more. <laughs> and until next time, gentlemen, till all are one, yo-jo, and of course, make good choices. Ah, uh, thank you so much for doing awesome. that, Mike. That, that was amazing. I did not expect that at all. I know. That was pretty thoughtful. It, and really more thoughtful than we've ever been about anything. Yeah. And, and, and sincere. Yeah. <laughs> I have problems with sincerity. It's, You're afraid it, of it. I've been told. <laughs> I've been informed. Uh, I have problems. In, in therapy. <laughs> okay, it's, good. Oh. And employee reviews. <laughs> and my wife. And <laughs> Basically the, all around. And the people on my podcast. <laughs> uh, no, that was, that's awesome, yeah, man. So thank cool. you, Mike. It's interesting to hear these people. Like you, you know, you you read, you know, we mm-hmm. read them. We read them. <laughs> yeah, we, we read the right things that they have to say, and it's it's mm-hmm. really nice to hear hear them verbally and it really makes you be like wow i'm actually doing something that people like yeah at least for for nine people it's it, it's that's re- something it's, it's really it's fun to meet people that you've only interacted with in, uh, electronically it's yeah. really it's it's a good time so ernie uh, Ernie was right off the bat at number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he's, he's been, been around, there from the get-go. Yeah, absolutely, from the jump. He's my replacement. That's, well, that's true. <laughs> and uh, you've well, recently said that all hail. Oh, yeah, don't take this the wrong way, Ernie. Can, uh, maybe if you die, Ernie and uh, all hail can... Uh, can we'll just be place. a four-person co- podcast. I sure. think we need maybe the power of both of them to It'll be better. you. I mean... Ah... Uh, <laughs> the horniness of me is <laughs> needs replaced by two people. Yeah, there's just so much horniness right now. It's out right now. Oh man, I don't know what to do with this, but it was very that gosh, that was very sweet. It was so sweet. Yeah. Thank well, you so much. Well, everybody. Well, Mike. Everybody and Mike, Mike thank Mike, you. Mike, you did a great job. Now that uh, I guess we've we've had our hundred episode dick sucking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel good. <laughs> We I, we did tease that we're gonna do Dark Awakening. I, I'm we'll get there. I'm we're gonna get. <laughs> this to is it. gonna be a long one. But there's a, there's a little bit more uh, pre-show action for you mm-hmm. here. Uh, but let's talk. Uh, you know, speaking of our Twitter friend Alpha Magnus, we have a challenge going on out there. Oh, that is the uh, G My Joe file card <laughs> challenge. After our last episode, where Caleb was very dejected about it and very like, uh, I did. We got some. We got some responses from it. We did. Pity wins. Pity I know. I, well, like I said, I, my, I lost my virginity to pity, and Caleb gets attention from pity, and it's really underrated as a manipulative device. It's not my preferred thing to use. I prefer uh, passive aggression. Okay, great. <laughs> but but you know. Uh, as it was, it worked, and we got a couple submissions, mm-hmm. and I think we can kick it off with Alpha Magnus's submission here. Um, he created. Well, first of all, I guess let's let's uh, recap what the G My Joe contest is, and nobody can do that better than Caleb in his sad Caleb voice. Yeah, <laughs> G My Joe is a challenge where um, <laughs> you uh, go to um, JoeCustoms.com and. Uh, Enter in a create your own Joe character, and it's a template where you basically create the Joe file card. Mm-hmm. And um, you know the response has not been as quite as uh, <laughs> great as I wanted it to be, but I will say that the responses that we've had have been quality. And so, if uh, anybody wants to, to do that, just keep doing it. And, and, and if they do it, they go to G My Joe, do their file card, and then tweet it with the hashtag G My Joe. G My Joe, and then we'll and at ret- us, yeah, and obviously, we'll, and we'll retweet it and stuff, and uh, and maybe even talk about it. But at the at the end of the at the end of our Joe review um, series, we will 
uh, draw a name and somebody will uh, win a win a get win some a, merch, some of our merch. And yes. Ryan, refresh us on what that merch is. Uh, well, we currently have one poster and a button set, and then uh, a two B a TBD uh, GI Joe related. I thing. thought you were working. I thought is that TBD announceable? No, oh, okay. no, man. <laughs> oh, cool! It's a surprise. I did think one thing. That's a surprise to us, even. I did think one thing, in, maybe even in addition to like the GI Joe, because not everybody's so much into GI Joe. But like one thing could be the uh, Autopod Decepticast T-shirt, the staff shirt that yeah. you are wearing currently. That's right. It's it's episode 100. Yeah. So I thought maybe you guys that, maybe could have worn that. It. Could be a prize. Yeah. Now that's on air, so it probably has to be. I will. Uh, okay, it, it can be and will be, and it will just be the one I'm wearing because that one's... <laughs> I don't have to hand screen print another one. Yeah, I hand I did it myself by hand. Did like what five of them? I still have the actually I still have the the screen that I used. I haven't cleaned it off, so I could print out a whole shitload of these babies, mm-hmm. but I won't do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah. So if you win, you'll have to tell us your shirt size. Yep. Yep. So that's uh that's the G my joke. Currently, there are, yeah, we got it. We there got are a two people in the race right now. All right. So uh, or three. No. Two. I think it's two. two as far as I know. Okay, I think it's two. If there's a third, I guess we'll get to that next episode I'm because uh, what we're going to talk about is is Alpha Magnus's submission, and and his character's name is Coldcock, Cold <laughs> and uh, he, he's a covert melee operative, and the image here is I don't know if it is a doctored image, it is. Tom Selleck, Magnum P.I. himself, wearing a red straw hat. Do you mm-hmm. think that's photoshopped, or do you think he wore that on an episode? I can't I tell. Think it's photoshopped. But I, I assume it probably is. Ryan, do you want to read the profile? Since sure. Since printed out in front of you. Uh, Coldcock, covert melee operative. File name, Thomas Mulligan Punchard IV. Primary military specialty, hand-to-face combat. Secondary military specialty, private investigator. <laughs> Birthplace, Cala... Mm, Let me see it. Cala... Cala... Kamehameha... Kamehameha, I'm sorry, uh, that's a terrible, yeah, Hawaii. Um, Everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. That's Coldcock's way of life. He may offer you a beverage or simply ask a question, but when you're eating a knuckle sandwich from a man with a red hat, you might answer faster. Next time. <laughs> the, the G My Joe file card challenge graphic interpreted Matron is not. It's very not. Good. It's not yeah, awesome. It cuts off your words. It does. He's got a drinking problem and a revolving door of women at his door, and that's the way he likes it. Coldcock is a great name, mm-hmm. first of all, and mm-hmm. and his real name, Thomas Mulligan Punchard the Fourth, <laughs> is a is a great name as well. Absolutely, a lot, a lot to like about this. Yep. Coldcock, that's I'd, a great GI Joe name. I'd buy a Coldcock action figure. I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> also, guys, uh, all hail Megatron. Yes. She's getting too many shouts out. No, she's, she's not. She's just slow it down. She's, she's putting deserves, in the work. She deserves every single one. <laughs> Absolutely. <word. laughs> no. This spot part is awesome. Oh, of course. It's close to Caleb's I love heart. It. I love it so much. Ryan, do you care to read this file? Absolutely. Um, code name Shockwave. Lonely Scientist. Primary military specialty, shock. Secondary military specialty, wave. Birthplace, Cybertron. It's just fucking shockwave. (laughs) And that is the entirety of the card. Brilliant. That is, uh, and obviously the pictures of Shockwave. That's short to the point. Obviously, hail uh, all hail is like, yeah. Let's get back to Transformers, please. Mm-hmm. The I like how uh, it's a picture of Shockwave, but it still has that GI Joe look. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes. Maybe but you have to choose. What, I I can see Shockwave trying to like join like 
G.I. Joe or Just Cobra. for friends. Just for friends, yes. <laughs> Please. Someone talk to me. Um, I love it. So uh, thank you all for your submission. Each of you at this point has a 50% chance of, <laughs> yeah. of victory. So, uh, you know, maybe do your best to keep your friends from entering at this point. <laughs> I guess because that's true. It's a coin flip, people. <laughs> Unless we include you guys in the mix. No. You want that stuff? No, we don't. You know, if you win, Ryan, you don't have to make a thing. Hmm. That's an excellent point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, we got one more segment before we get into the episode proper. <laughs> That's right. So uh, the day before recording, we threw out a, I don't want to call it a challenge, but a question on Twitter for a content ideas, which we've covered that uh, we are actually executing one of those content yep. ideas. And uh, also just general questions. I don't know what kind of ego-driven thing that is for us to be like, I don't understand. questions for us as if we are qualified to answer any I don't, questions? They're listening to us. I don't understand why you're so self-conscious about like asking people to ask us something. <sighs> I don't know. I am definitely It implies expertise. It. All right. Well, uh, I'm assuming you have everything printed out. I Should we get Twitter up and see if there's anything you're missing on your printout? I checked right before we started recording. Oh, I think okay. Good. All right. So if there is anything, we'll answer it next episode. Yeah, that's right. All right. Building that tent, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, first up, we've got uh, Dave, uh, David, I'm sorry, <laughs> Dad, David Cabal, who is our San Diego Connect. He's Absolutely. Got the, yes. he gets, he's got the goods out there on the left coast. Word. His question Word. was, after reviewing the Transformers 86 movie minute by minute, knowing what you know now, who is your favorite character specifically from the 86 movie? Congrats on 100. I, I'll go ahead and go, so, since I prepared all this. <laughs> um, I'm going to actually go with Ultra Magnus. And it's a boring pick and a weird pick, I, yeah, I, I explain understand. yourself. But, like, okay. <laughs> I feel like the stalwart, like, steadfast dude who just wants to do their job is really kind of underrated. Like, he's not flashy. He's not exciting. He's just carrying out orders. He couldn't deal with that now, but, you know, he never asked to. And um, he didn't want to be leader, he, but he tried. And I mean, I did start thinking about it, like, what else could you have done on Junkie On? He's protected everybody else, even though he got killed. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I like that's a fair answer. Sure. I like Ultra Magnus. Who doesn't? I and like Robert him. Stack's voicing, I mean, that's just He did a great job. Stellar. Even though he was self-conscious about it himself. That's true. Caleb? Oh, you're looking at me like, you do it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, I can do it if you're not ready. No, I mean... You'll never be ready. No, it's true. I might as well just get this over with. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I, I would pick Shockwave. <laughs> but He did have a line in the movie. But if I was going to go for somebody besides Shockwave, I really... I like Unicron quite a bit. Yeah. Hmm. It definitely was a a major new I, addition to the the canon. Mm-hmm. I, I like his lines. Mm-hmm. I, I like his dialogue. It's mm-hmm. really it's true. It's uh, there's not a lot of it, but what's there? But is, everything's magnanimous. Like it yeah. all hits. Yes, there's no wasted lines with nope. Unicron for nope. sure. I can't. It's hard to pick pick up. It's it's hard to identify any flaws in Unicron's what he's saying, what he's mm-hmm. after, what he's doing. That's true. And despite. Orson Welles' disinterest, despite the fact that they had to process it so much, process it, so much it it all works. Oh yeah, absolutely. We, we feel it. Mm-hmm. It's like he's a pro or something. Yeah, who was on death's door? It's like even though he's dying, <laughs> I've almost completed my circle of life. This is my magnum opus. <laughs> that was actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah I've been working on it. <laughs> Aaron, uh, favorite. The question is favorite character. 
Mm-hmm. From the 86 movie um, specifically. You know, I, uh, I've i just always liked Galvatron. That's sure. not really, uh, it doesn't feel like a very deep answer either, but Ugh. but uh, I liked the transformation of Megatron to Galvatron. Mm-hmm. I liked the personality shift, and I like this mystery that lingers around whether he knew is, his yeah. former self or doesn't know his former self and and if or if he's you know basically a new entity so yeah i just i've always liked galvatron guy and i think he looks cool he just yeah. Yeah. looks awesome yeah, and he's I got love a, the design he's got a sweet ride <laughs> he's the revenge he's yeah. got a very sweet ride which sometimes he just likes to stand on top of yes yeah. <laughs> yes the flat top in space i assume he has magnetized boots well, he has the power of flight, so I guess he can He'll catch up. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. All right, the next question from All Hail Megatron um, at our uh, at our All Dead. Uh, which Transformers character do you think the other two members of the podcast are most like? Oh boy, I had a fun with this one. Um, I went through a bunch of like just Transformers profiles and just like picking out what I thought was cute and funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron, I went with Warpath. Thinks he's more impressive than his comrades do. Likes to show off his sharpshooting. Boisterous, loud mouth, raucous sense of humor makes him welcome company. Vain, upset by even the smallest scratch to his gun barrel. Mm, yeah, I'm with you. All right. Uh, for Caleb, wheelie. Wheelie. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, yeah, obviously I'm kidding. I went with Shockwave because Caleb empathizes with him so much. I do. I, I, t- I don't I, know why I do. I'm not a lonely person No, at all. not at all. I just like... I just, I'm just, uh, I gravitate towards his, uh, per, his whole persona. I, I did pick one for myself, which is not part of the question, but I'll wait until after to, to just say. Just get it. Maybe I'm jealous of Shockwave. Maybe I would wish I for was the solitude. alone for the solitude. You're yeah. like, I wish my, I didn't have a family. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to love my family. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> just break. All right. Well, for myself, I picked Cosmos. Fast and intelligent, bored and lonely, Cosmos has reason to regret his abilities, which often separate him from his Autobot friends. Alas, his skills are far too extraordinary to ignore. I thought you picked Cosmos because it has the word Cosmo in it. Like the drink? Because you love to drink. Oh, who He's doesn't? Drinky drink guy. I am a woman in the 90s. <laughs> Sex in the City, can I mm, let me tell you? Holla. I mean, Mr. Big, they didn't end up together. Oh, Wait, they did actually. I don't know anything. Back it about up. That. Uh, I'll, uh, shit. See, this state, is, state the question I'll, again. I'll go, I'll go. Okay, go. Uh, I in the movie, what's the character, the Dinobot that when he knocks the door down and then walks over, that shark kind of goes, "Excuse me, slag." I I associate Aaron with slag. <laughs> Because of the destructiveness. Sometimes, sometimes he well, he's unintentionally. He's just like a bull in the china closet. He's 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 much better now, but he just was accident prone. He had a habit of like breaking stuff sometimes. So <laughs> I, I had to go for sometimes something. on purpose, sometimes accidentally. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But 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 a heart of gold, you know. <laughs> <laughs> At least bronze. Um, Ryan, I would probably go with cup. Because, I like that. Because you're an old soul. And, uh, I mean, that's... I do feel like I, I was you, born as an old man. I, I think you would probably, of, of most of you, probably like hanging out with Cup. 
I think so. I think that seems like, yeah, I, I like his war stories. Ryan has grumpy tendencies. It's true. I am Cup. a curmudgeon. And uh, he, but Cup, it doesn't act like a know-it-all, though. Ryan oh! Also, and like, like Cup, Ryan Which is also why likes... Ryan is Perceptor <laughs> for me. Yeah. Or Skylinks. Oh, that's even better, actually. I was going to say Ryan like Cup because he likes putting his hands down his pants and fought, like rummaging well, around you're not wrong. his crotch area. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, but you're saying Ryan I'm going to go with Skylinks. Thanks for okay. that. You thanks <laughs> yeah. for correcting me there because yes, uh, Skylinks is uh, pretentious. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, uh, he believes he knows everything. It's true, and uh, believes he's above all. Which is all. I mean, it's not true for him, but is real in yeah. the case of me. <laughs> <laughs> and where and Caleb is, uh, I'm going to say a character he won't even know. <laughs> that makes that that fits perfectly. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna say Caleb is blue streak. He's just a guy that shows up and gets just the around. job done. He's maybe got a couple good lines. Every every line he says is quality, but just doesn't have that many lines. You know, I think Blue Streak's last appearance is the movie, and it's just is a throwaway. It's he's helping Cup put up the barricade. Oh, that's right. And that I think is his last terrible appearance. He's a utility man. Huh? Wow. Okay. Cool. All right. Question answered. Moving on. <laughs> okay. Our next one is from uh, our friend, Mike Seibert. Um, Congrats on 100, guys. My question is probably better suited for an entire future episode, but briefly, what do you think is the better movie, G.I. Joe the movie or Transformers the movie? And I guess that depends on how you define better. Let's, let's, we got, I got to make sure that, you know, I focus on which one is better rather than which one I like. You don't have to. I didn't. All right. We haven't even finished G.I. Joe the movie, so it's true. Unfair question. I feel like we should put a pin in it. Well, he just said better suited for an entire future. That's true. I'll I'll answer a little bit in brief. I mean, it's hard, like because at the end of the day, their kids move like designed to make money, but it's what we felt about it that's important. Um, uh, I don't know if I can make an unbiased decision. Um, I think technically, um, and from a storytelling standpoint, Joe is a more coherent and better done movie, but I like Transformers so much more and it has just like a pure rewatchability. It's so like grand and changed basically everything about the franchise. And I mean, just the fact you can find so much more information about the movie and so many more people talk about it. And it's like, uh, I held in higher regard. It's true. As as part of the zeitgeist. And, And Joe never got a theatrical release. So maybe it's unfair, but I think just the emotional resonance and standing the test of time transformers is better from a pop culture standpoint. And from my personal standpoint, I, again, for enjoyment, I, I, I just like it better. I'm in the same boat as Ryan. Um, I think, that G, I think that Transformers is a for me. Well, for me, I think Transformers is probably actually a better movie because oddly enough, I think its storyline is a bit more coherent. Oh, okay. Uh, it, it seems to be more focused somehow. I don't know. It's more compelling to me. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I do like uh, GI Joe more because I keep coming back to this, but. Uh, if if the Co- if Cobra Commander wasn't in the GI Joe movie, it would be a sh- it would be a shit movie. Like for some reason, it's it is the emotional am, touchstone of I that movie. I don't know why I, I talk about that over and over again. Like I have no sympathy for Starscream, but for some reason, <laughs> I, I with uh, with uh, Cobra, like he was the main bad guy, and then they flipped it on you. Mm-hmm. Like, and then he's uh, becomes a sympathetic character, a pitiful character. Yep. So we're just getting into that in our in our review of uh, yeah. Changing yes. into a Snake. A man. A man. 
So that that's not there. Too, you go. That's kind of a flat. Do you feel like answer, uh, you didn't watch GI Joe the movie, or I'm sorry, Transformers the movie enough as a kid? Like, did you watch GI Joe the movie more as a kid? I think so. I mean, I I didn't rent it or anything, but I think it was on TV more for sure. some odd reason. Yeah. Well, it was only on TV. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, I think they I think they broad they would broadcast it on regular television more mm-hmm. than Transformers. So I don't know. It was just, and I had more of the toys so than Transformers. But I do think Transformers will stand the test. It has proven that it'll stand the test of time better than the other one. Well, G.I. Joe is still around in, it's in various contexts. Tough call. I'll go with Transformers, but it's all personal. Uh, I, I do think there are things, uh, basically repeat what Ryan said. There's things that are probably technically better about G.I. Joe the movie and more yeah. straightforward storytelling. Yeah. But I would say the story itself for Transformers the movie was more movie-like. It was more epic. Sure. Like, G.I. Joe the movie was basically an extended episode of G.I. Joe. Sure. The only things that really made it sort of feel cinematic or or just unique to an episode were some of the, like, backstory into Cobra Commander's life and all that kind of... But it's basically a a Cobra scheme that they made into a movie where Transformers... A literal, like, god coming to destroy... Well, they set... It was a pretty ballsy move to just... You know what? We're going into the future, first yeah. of all. Yeah. And also, we've got this crazy thing that is a threat to all Cybertrodians. Mm-hmm. And so, it, there, there was just a bigger, larger, I mean, epic, I think I said before. It's just it's more epic. And they, du- they doubled down and it worked. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, next, we have one. Uh, the question comes from Bono uh, at, <clears throat> at Screams at Stars. Um, what is your favorite minute of the 80s movie and what is your favorite episode you've done so far? By the way, uh, Bono and uh, our friend Dave Cabal both have the tendency, I've noticed, to uh, change up, up their, their, names. their Twitter names quite a bit. I, I mean, I guess people have the right they, to do that, they, but they, why are y'all t- fucking with us? <laughs> My favorite minute, and I went through like just looking at the titles of our episodes, was minute number 12. Um, it is the minute where, I mean, not only is my favorite song on the, tra- on the soundtrack, Dare, playing, but it's the part where there's an attack on Autobot City and there's, it's the, where Cup spins around and foils Blitzwing's Autobrat attack hmm. and shoots shrapnel. I, I, I mean, that was, if I had to pick one, that's one, that, that's up there. Maybe it may, if I went through systematically, it wouldn't necessarily be there, but that's the one I chose. It's just really good animation and really it's a very dynamic minute. Um, as far as the favorite episode, without going back to each one, in my memory, the most fun to record and then also the most times, the one I've listened to the most is our Christmas episode, which is yeah. number 41. Um, this is the fun part. I, I was going to say that as well. I was going to I was going to deny the actual question. <laughs> okay. And say I don't know the answer to the movie, but I feel like the best episode where we were hitting on all cylinders was the Christmas mm-hmm. episode. That was a lot of fun. I bet you guys I, wish I, you were I, listening to that one. <laughs> I listened to it probably 20 times because yeah. it legitimately makes me laugh. Favorite minute of the movie proper. I mean, the Unicron reveal is so good. I thought about that one too. <laughs> That is so. I don't know why that's so tough. Oh, I mean, what, like, what about light, light our darkest hour? What about uh... light our darkest hour is a great minute. I like the introduction to some of the like the like the spacier elements, like the Junkions and the Sharkticons yeah. and the Quinnisons. Like all of that, I think is is a lot of fun. Caleb, um, I'll go with the movie. F- First, I I like Megatron's encounter with Unicron. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
uh, floating out there. And then he transforms. He transforms them into. Uh, well, he transforms into Galvatron. That's badass. Your bargaining posture <laughs> is highly dubious. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, our the, my favorite episode that we've done. Do you listen to our episodes? <laughs> yeah, I listen to every single one because I read. The oh, summary. I know you read the summary, but after that, like the polished version, I'm curious. Do you? Why would I do that? Okay. Great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I go back. I go back because I, I want to hear what you did for the intros and the outros. Gotcha. So what I do is I when a new episode comes out, I listen only. <laughs> Beginning to, in the end. I listen to the intro and the outro. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Otherwise, I've heard it. I mean, I, I know, know, I know. I I listen to them anyway, yeah. <laughs> even though I've heard them. Oh yeah, that's fine. I mean, that's good. I, I hope all of our listeners will they revisit stuff. Me, not so much. I just okay. Do it. Next question. But uh, this... I, didn't, I didn't answer what my favorite minute was. Oh, so sorry. I, I thought you were blowing past it. Well, I, I'm trying to answer it. Uh, I I think um, the, one of the more memorable ones is. When I knew that we were really, we had something really, um, really good is like when Casey Kasem first came in. Oh, yeah. And I knew that we, you know, this is, this is something that we can develop. And I, at that point, I was like, I think we're going to make it. I think we're going <laughs> to because we can. We're we, going to marry Tyler Moore our way yeah, through this. We can, we can, uh, we can, we can bring in some different things and, and keep it interesting. And for not only for the listeners, but for ourselves. And I think. Whichever episode that was, the Carbombia episode, or it was fairly early. Yeah. Uh, I, I think because we were talking about Casey Casey. I, I knew that we had. I knew at that point it was like, when Cliff Jumper. Oh, we missed. We missed. We we said he was Leban or he was Libyan, I, and he's said, actually yeah. Lebanese. Yeah. Right. So yeah. yeah, that's mine. Sorry, Casey. No, I do. Li- I that's one of my favorite things is the but the like um, the stuff that's grown up. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not biologically, but um, nat- just organically. The, yes, thank you. This stuff has grown up organically, like our characters. Not and biological, like, like Cobra Law Tech. Next question is but from, organic, absolutely. like Cobra Law Tech. <laughs> absolutely, is from uh, our buddy Sean at Surge Bomba. Uh, oh, I'm a voice actor nerd, so my questions will revolve around that. Best celebrity voices in Transformers the movie. He, he asked like eight questions, so I simplified my answer. But best favorite voices in the movie, uh, 80s series and beyond. Worst voices, and what other actors would you recast as Transformers voices? Same questions for G.I. Joe and Transformers at large. Uh, we'll talk about Transformers only. Well, first off, I think the voice <laughs> actors for both were great. I mean, I, I it seems like it was a more senior crew that did mm-hmm. Transformers. Um, well, so definitely they're all dead. Yes, that's true. For me, uh, and I mentioned this earlier, my favorite actor... Well, Judd Nelson is not dead. <laughs> to me, he is. He knows what he did. <laughs> he knows why. Uh, my favorite celebrity voice actor was Robert Stack. I just thought he yeah. crushed um, uh, Ultra Magnus. Um, and as for recasting, I don't want, I don't necessarily want... I don't really like... I prefer non-celebrity voice actors just because I, I, I can't imagine... I understand you're doing it to put butts in seats, but I can't imagine any traditional actor is going to be better than a trained like voice actor or somebody who's been in the business. Um, I mean, unless it's somebody that has a distinct voice or sure. cadence that makes sense for the character. It also kind of but, takes me out of it where I'm like, oh, that's Bruce Willis. But it also feels like a dumb tactic because I feel like no celebrity voice attached to an animated movie actually got more than one butt in a seat. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I don't know. The kids were like, Mom, Dad, Robert Stack's in it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. um, I will say Sergeant Slaughter, every line he delivers is pretty awesome yeah. for the Joe. That's the extent of my answer for Joe. 
For me, I think that uh, the introduction of Susan Blue to the cast was really mm-hmm. good. I think it was good to have uh, a nice feminine presence. And she, I think she was a veteran by the time she was attached to it. But she did a great job and I think brought real emotion to a character and, and personality to a character that we never even met before. Like she had a pretty hard job. Um, and and true. developing that relationship with Daniel, I think uh, I think that was a pretty neat job. I also, even though it, I don't know if it's fair to say it feels like he phoned it in, but I really liked Leonard Nimoy as Galvatron. I don't think he phoned it in. He did scales in the bathroom. That's true. Good. Twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Caleb, I'd say my the the best for me is uh, uh, is Chris Lotta as Starscream. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He's really talented, super dynamic. I, I like you said, we've heard him not in character, and it's just amazing that he can. He has a hell of a, a, a range. range. Yeah. yeah, so I was impressed with that. I'd say the worst um, is is Wheelie. <laughs> Sorry, Frank. I would probably and not Frank's fault. It's just an annoying character, you mm-hmm. know. I would probably replace the voice of Wheelie with just dead air. <laughs> It's complete and utter silence. <laughs> what if Wheelie was uh, replaced with Dave Chappelle? That would be okay. <laughs> All right. I just picked him because I wanted him to be Rufus for some reason <laughs> in Bill and Ted 3. Our next question comes from, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, Jazzy Lay or Jazzy Lee um, uh, at Jazzy Lely. Uh, which moments do you personally believe are one, the most iconic, and two, the most underrated from the 86 movie? Um, for me, in the same way that Citizen Kane is kind of should be automatically removed from the list of top movies of all time, I I disqualified the death of Optimus you, Prime. You think that Citizen Kane should be removed because it's always number one? So I think it's not even we shouldn't consider it, which That's is not fair. <laughs> well, it's just, it, they should. But I'm just saying it's an obvious easy choice. And so, by that count, I'm not counting the death of Optimus Prime. I would. I mean, they obviously need to. Throw some other classics in there. I'd like to see Road Warrior put in there. <laughs> Why not 2001? I think 2001 is probably in that list, for reals. Um, I went with something we mentioned earlier. I, the entire sequence where the dead, dying Decepticons are reformatted into the new Warriors by, by Unicron. Um, it's something we've never seen before and kind of just like is an example of how powerful and like godlike Unicron is to literally recreate life. Um, for the most underrated, I feel like when Daniel saves Springer by knocking out Rekgar is like really every moment that whenever we start doing our, our presentation for TFCon, Daniel is very underrated for the, and gets a lot of hate for this movie when in actuality he's pretty awesome. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was just waiting to see if Caleb wanted to step up. <laughs> I was trying to make it as awkward as possible. So it's, so, uh, well, give me a second. Maybe I'll, I'll go. While he while he while he chews on it, I think that to build on what you said, Ryan, around Unicron and his uh, and and how that reveal of the, the transformation sequence of the Decepticons into the new Decepticons, mm-hmm. uh, really just that first like opening sequence of that reveal of Unicron and how he attacked Lythone and and destroyed it. I mean, that really gave you a sense right off the bat, like what the fuck mm-hmm. is this and why? where did it come from and where did these people come from? 
are they related? It doesn't really matter. They're dead now. Yes. Uh, so it was a very well executed introduction to the primary villain of the movie and uh, a villain that is stuck around through all the various lores and remixes. Keeps of, getting revisited. Of the, of the franchise. Most underrated from the movie. Ah, oh, man. Um, I liked your Daniel quotes or your Daniel line of thinking. I wonder if the Quintessons get, in, in, in a movie full of stuff, mm-hmm. we didn't spend that much time with the Quintessons, and they decided to make them antagonists later on in the movie. They play heavily into the episode we are definitely going to review in just a minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but... I think I, I liked Quintessa. I liked the, the 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 life that had developed on it. I want to know more about those creatures, and you don't really get much time with them. So I'll go with uh, Quintessa and Quintesson related uh, activity. Yeah, good choice. It's all right, Caleb. I can't believe <laughs> You'll have to. No, I'm, he's I'm, sick. I'm, I'm trying. He I'm trying. He's my, struggling, and we've and we're. This is a long record my session, mind is, so I, I just I'll, I'd be wasting everyone's time at this point. No, that's fine. That's fine. Sorry, guys. That's all the questions we had as oh. of as of this recording. Well, guys, thank you for submitting. That was Absolutely. a lot of fun. Thanks for helping us pat out this sweet content because I hope you enjoy this two and a half hour episode that I like we've it. got going on. I know that Caleb is enjoying it. <laughs> I, so, I'm fine. I'm just my, okay. my brain is. I, I'm I was a, afraid I'm you a, were I'm, flagging a little. No, bit. no, no. I'm just. I, well, I'm just in a fog. I feel fine. I'm just my brain. I'm just in a fog. That's okay. Quick episode setup. Normally at this point we do an episode recap, but since we are, uh, there's nothing really before this to recap. Sure. Um, just, uh, just, uh, you know, a little bit of background about the episode that we're about to do, Dark Awakening. Um, it is written by Antoni Zalewski, who mm-hmm. wrote for He-Man, Challenge of the Gobots, Superpowers Team, Galactic Guardians, and Defenders of the Earth. Also, something called Potato Head Kids. I don't remember that. <laughs> Uh, Peter Pan and the Pirates, I do remember that yeah. as part of the Fox lineup. Yeah. Uh, he did one other Transformers episode, 1985's Auto Berserk, which is the episode you might recall where Red Alert goes crazy. Mm-hmm. And he did a couple of G.I. Joe episodes, uh, Cobra War, Channel, United We Stand, but all of those are part of that kind of Series 2 revival that, that was not done by Sunbow, but was done by the DIC, but had some of the same voice actors and basic character designs and all that. It originally aired as Episode 8 of Season 3. However, it was rebroadcast toward the end of the season as mm-hmm. a lead-in to the return of Optimus Prime, but with an altered ending narration from Victor Caroli. The one we're looking at today is the original OG version. That's right. And um, the version we're watching is from a boxed set that Caleb and Ryan actually bought me probably close to a decade ago. Transformers, the complete series set. Um, Shout Factory. Uh, it's a really nice, uh, there's 16 DVDs in a box that has a big graphic of the Matrix of Leadership on it, and you have to pull it from both sides <laughs> and open to, in order to uh, reveal the crystalline Matrix inside and then peel away some cardboard and get to them DVDs. <laughs> we should create a GIF of this. <laughs> if I could get both sides to open at once, it would be more effective, but I can't. <laughs> Um, I'm glad you brought up the the writer. Actually, I don't know if you had this in your notes, but the uh, 
the beginning of this episode is almost directly lifted from an episode he wrote um, of the superpowers team Galactic Guardians called The Ghost Ship, where there's a space chase, an escape pod, and the Spikes line, we'll see, it's the size of Manhattan, is a direct quote from that episode. I, that's really interesting. He plagiarized his own work. It seems like a lot of writers did that. They just like recycled a bunch of stuff. For hey, is this for kids? Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, fuck them if they can't take a goat. <laughs> well, let's get into it. Let's do this. All right, guys. So here we go. Dark Awakening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really have any notes about the show intro, but I believe this would just be your standard season three intro. It's the snuff version of that movie Awakenings with Robert De Niro and and, and Robin Williams. <laughs> Explain. Dark Awakenings. <laughs> oh, okay. It's a play on the name. Come okay. on. Okay. God. The. Yuck. The uh, I like the third season music. Caleb and I have been talking about this. Like, there's like almost a sort of hip hop beat to it. Electro. Electro. Okay, electro. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I'll go with that. And uh, I to, like we the. Used to do chore- oh. Yeah, oh. we used to do mm-hmm. choreographed like punches and karate stuff. moves to yeah, it. Right. Yeah, for some reason. That's yeah, fun. Uh, I never noticed in the intro that almost every wipe is a thing becoming another thing. Like, Metroplex and Triptychon spin into Saturn's rings, and then Wheelie's tire turns into Galvatron's cannon, and then Blaster's sound waves turn into the water ripples that the Sharkticon dives into. Very creative. Did you also notice that um, at this sequence where the characters are running toward this screen, what characters do you think those are, Ryan? Well, it looks like Rodimus Cup and Ultra Magnus. I, I feel like you know where this is going, but that, that, that is not, in fact, Cup. It is Springer. Is it colored in <laughs> with cups decos? I've never noticed that. Give it. A There's moment. a lot of miscoloring in this episode. Oh <laughs> wow! Yeah, they, I always thought that was cup. They yeah they they, they murdered <laughs> they murdered the coloring on this intro. Also, sequence. why not put Rodimus in the middle? Because he Good point. sucks. <laughs> he does suck. I do have some pretty yeah. bad Rodimus. Actually, was there not a question where they asked us which Transformers character we relate to the most? You relate to Hot Rod? Is that what you're? No, I feel like I relate to Rodimus. Why? Oh. But we can get into that. No. Let's we'll break that down another another Joe episode. This episode opens in the middle of a chase. Hot Rod, Ultra Magnus, RC, Cup, Spike, Daniel. They are in an Autobot shuttle, as mm-hmm. it is properly called, and yeah. are being chased by Galvatron, Cyclonus, the Sweeps, in their own ship, the Revenge. The Revenge. And they're th- chased through an asteroid field. There's some smooth-ass asteroids. Yeah. It's like the Milk Dud Nebula. And it makes sense that they're being chased by the Decepticons, because... Their shuttles, they're always getting chased by the Decepticons. They're never proactive. No, never, ever. Always reactive. (laughs) 
Yes, at, at this point, they're, they're taking fire. The Decepticons are creaming us, as Spike states it. <laughs> Hot Rod notes that they need to cover. They're heading through an asteroid field. And also, despite the fact whether they're, that they're being chased, Autobot ships, are they just not armed? That's true. They're in they a war. never fight back. They, yeah, and, and I was, I made me realize, like, is there an Autobot shuttle that hasn't been... Wrecked. Destroyed. Yeah. Or wrecked, attacked destroyed. and destroyed. Think about it. The only one I can think of is the one where Prime and the Dinobots arrive on Earth during the movie. Yeah, but that one le- doesn't. That one later. It's possible. Yeah. That like, it so that one. That's one of the ones like that they separated the three quarters. Maybe. As far as we know. Yeah, okay. I think you're right. I think you're right. Well, we don't. I don't. Yeah. They no don't proof. land. They just crash. They just crash. <laughs> or get blown up. Even in on space. the even on the series, like the the, the original series, like the Autobots crash. Yeah, land. Episode one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Their base is a crashed shuttle. <laughs> Which is maybe a metaphor for their whole regime. Yeah, they just crash everything. <laughs> also, uh, speaking of scr- crashed, though, I feel like this is a little bit out of contu- continuity because I think the revenge was destroyed in the battle on Unicron. I think it was too. It was like a throwaway <laughs> scene. But so I don't know if that was an accident or maybe if, there was another ship in the wreckage of Unicron that looks exactly like the just revenge. like Cyclonus has an armada. That's right. The revenge yeah. has an armada. Right. That we just didn't ever see. From inside the revenge, we see Galvatron. This is crazy. He's uh, he's skyping with some Quintessons <laughs> here. It seems that uh, the Quintessons have helped lead the Decepticons to the Autobots somehow. Mm-hmm. And uh, with a very heavy glaze of sarcasm, Galvatron says that the Quintessons are loyal allies as long as it suits their purposes. Yeah, that's so weird because that's kind of just the definition of an ally. Like. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I guess yeah. You're friends with everybody as long he, as there's like, a mutual benefit. Like he's offended that they're they're not just doing it just to just out of, out of like altruism yeah. for the Decepticons, yeah. and then he shoots the screen like yes, Elvis. Yes, it's <laughs> so funny. So uh, I, I'm pretty sure there's an off switch. <laughs> that is oh, it. Yeah. They just have to replace it every time because he doesn't know how to turn it off. Uh, so, but but fortunately, the the purposes of the Quintessons they coincide with Galvatron's yeah, like, for why? the moment. Like, and now he's talking about his. He's ready to backstab them if he needs to. But also, he's like, oh, fortunately, our purposes coincide. Then why are you mad? Yeah, what's going on here? <laughs> this sounds like a business arrangement. <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't have to be partners forever. <laughs> That's not how yeah. it goes. The Revenge continues the chase through the asteroid field. They fire on some asteroids. They realize that the Autobots are getting away. So then they blast out some torpedoes. I wonder the, if they're Moleculon missiles. They called them torpedoes. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, but did they call them Moleculon missiles? They I did. think it's just in the script, maybe. Okay. Uh, the Autobots pick up the torpedoes on their monitor and note that they'll never be able to outrun them, particularly with one engine down. That's new news. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rodimus notes that they only then have one one option. So the torpedoes close in on the Autobot shuttle from behind. We see them. Uh, go ahead. I love Spike in the seat at four, 1 minute 46 in. Just a little man a in tiny an Autobot little seat. human in an Autobot seat. <laughs> uh, did, does his outfit have an S on it if we were to get No, it does. Closer? I don't think it does. I think it's just Daniel. I really wish it did. Yeah, that'd be the best. <laughs> we the, the torpedoes close in. And we see them connect on the back half of the ship. Hitting it from the back. That's right. And uh, there's a giant explosion. Autobots are dead. Episode is over. (laughs) And we know this because Cyclonus exclaims, The end of Rodimus Prime! That's right. 
And uh, Galvatron is not convinced. He wants to examine the debris and make certain that the Autobots are all dead. So he's learned from his mistakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It seems that way. I I like how the Autobots are just playing the same tricks all in a, It Absolutely. all goes to Caleb's theory. I mean, these guys are not proactive. They're not innovative. They're, they're well, poor military strategists. They it, rely on might alone, defensive might, not even offensive might. Yeah. In our in our pre- in previous uh, coverage of the movie, in the script, it does say that they fooled Galvatron by inverting polarities the same way they did on Beta 7 or whatever. So they just like, we stick with what works. I, I wish I knew football well enough to know, is there like a football metaphor to this? Like uh, John Madden always used the Statue of Liberty. Tough acting, tough acting. Okay. I don't know. I, don't know I should have known better than to try and bring a sports metaphor into this <laughs> conversation. So the uh, the show reveals, as we've just spoiled, that it's a classic ruse. At the last second, the Autobots used a life pod to save themselves. And mm-hmm. uh, Ultra Magnus notes that without communication, it will be months until they are found. First of all, why months? Why not years? Why not never? <laughs> also, and also, why is there not communication on this? Yeah. That it seems, seems like, like that would be a basic minimum. It, it does seem like number two or three on the list of things you want on a rescue ship. Yeah. Like a life pod is what they call well, it. Speaking of things you might want on a rescue ship if you have human allies, uh, Spike uh, questions that he and Daniel, as uh, oxygen-breathing members of the human race, might have limited options when their air runs out. Hot Rod explains they have two choices. Rodimus, please. He's, He's still Rodimus. That's right. He wants very badly to be hot. Right? <laughs> As we'll see. Yes. Suffocate or smother. So always the best, most empathetic <laughs> yeah. leader. That's why I identify with they him. They seem guys. pretty chill um, about it. Like Spike has his arms <laughs> and legs crossed. Legs crossed. He's just chilling. Yeah. And they're going to die. I, I do like how nobody really seems that concerned. It's no. horrific. Just imagine if the Autobots actually had to watch Spike and Daniel die. <laughs> like, at that. Like, that. Like they're just they, suffocating. Shh, shh, go to sleep. Go to sleep. I don't think they'd really it's be that. It's almost over. I don't think they'd really be that. They would really care that much. They just don't seem to I really. I feel like RC would care. Yeah. Maybe the I only mean, one. Hot and Daniel used to be friends. Exactly. Did they, did they, like, you know, once he became Autobot leader, he just became above Daniel. It does like, seem like when he know. became Rodimus, he was like, my babysitting job is over. <laughs> right. I'm a leader I am, now. I'm scraping you off, you fucking little boy. <laughs> I mean, that's what I do with every promotion I get. I kind of, like, yeah, just, like, like shit on my heel, just... Get rid of people I used to talk to. You know what they say about stepping on people on the way up? You get to step on them on the way down, you get two chances to fuck them over. I don't know how I managed to keep you barnacles in my life. Because we won't go away. Yeah. That's number one. Point number one. Number two is there's no life support system. So uh, how are they even breathing in here in the first place? Uh, Is it just excess oxygen from the main ship? I mean, I guess it it must uh, be... And the, why is there oxygen in the main ship? I can only assume... These ships weren't designed for human uh, piloting or... It's or true. ...recreational just being there. And it must have been retrofitted, you know, to provide life support for humans. Um, so I guess that's why they're, it's really dodgy as to whether the oxygen's going to hold out in any given situation. Next question. Uh, they're pulling a version of the same trick they pulled in Transformers the movie. Why didn't they just do like keep the whole first quarter of the ship, which I'll assume had maybe all of the 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 good the benefits of mm-hmm. like uh, oxygen and communication. No, this time it's a life space. pod. Yeah, 
And uh, we already covered no communication in the life pod, so we, we, we'll move on. The Autobots discover a giant mass of sorts in front of them. They deduce that it's probably better to land there and explore than watch Spike and Daniel asphyxiate. <laughs> well, so we're assuming there's... I, cover, I have this in later in my notes, but spoiler, it's the Autobot mausoleum, and it is an a Manhattan-sized ship that... And, is full of oxygen, I guess. Right. Yeah, and, and they. It seems like everyone forgot about it. That's yeah. another thing. Well, we'll get there. I have notes yeah. on that too. But like, I did just have a note on when we see the Decepticons here. Uh, the mm-hmm. some of the secrets back to the revenge and the sco- and scourge and the revenge. We see a giant version of the Coneheads and sweeps flying alongside the revenge. We see that they too have discovered the giant vessel. I guess we are to assume that they have examined the debris and and deemed it. Uh, uh, you know, not sufficient, not sufficient to, to keep <laughs> yeah. moving through How space. How could you tell? How could you possibly tell? <laughs> I mean, I don't know, a, a, an arm or something floating around in space, a, 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 so a severed crazy. human head, perhaps. I don't know. And I think here we have we have the cone heads. We have dirge mm-hmm. and um, ramjet thrust. Yeah, I think thrust must be miscolored as dirge. Because they're, 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 oh, yeah. the two of them have dirge colors. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yep, that is a, that's a fact. So in, fact, in, fact, in fact, that's actually in the lower left-hand corner. That is, um, do we say dirge colors? Yeah. That's dirge colors, but that's like a typical Seeker. That's not even um, One of the Ramjet's uh, style. Like, he, had, he would be white and red. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they fucked up. Um, so, well, but apparently Unicron, to answer our question we asked, did not chomp them. Oh yeah. Oh, okay, and I, you know what? To be fair, I think they are in five, five faces. Five faces of darkness. Five faces of darkness. I've got an Irish. So it could be that per- yes, the fifth face. Perhaps like with all the seekers, there are uh, maybe clones of them. I don't. I, I don't. We'll see. Know, we'll see clones of things later in this episode as well. Yeah, yeah. It, it, this this movie is very or this episode is very destructive. It's. I have notes on that. We'll we'll get there. I'll go ahead. The uh, the Decepticons they they discover the same vessel and and they plow ahead mm-hmm. and and Galvatron's very interested in, in in whatever the fuck this is. How do you land that thing? I presume you have the to revenge. send shuttles like like the Enterprise. It like can't land float. on a planet. They just float and send shuttles yeah. because yeah, there's no that like about right. that thing looks very Enterprise inspired, honestly. Or would you say you nerds say it's more Romulan or like uh, any of the vessels really? Okay. All right. <laughs> so the Autobots are back. We're back to them, and they're flying over the giant vessel, and and this is where Spike describes it as the size of Manhattan. It is revealed to be a tomb built by the Autobots as a final resting place for the Autobots that were lost. In the Great War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have so many questions. And and Daniel says, like Optimus Prime. And the Autobots nod in silence. Yeah. Uh, the ship reverent. the ship flies well, down. Oh, go ahead. I'll just here's my questions. You built an enormous tomb, which you not only don't know the location of, but don't recognize until you're right on top yeah. of it. Why even build it? Why not jettison the bodies into space? In like that why, if you are going to build it, why not build it on Cybertron? Exactly. I, why not put it on Cybertron? I would, I would. Yeah, that's true. I would recycle. I mean, <laughs> why not recycle the bodies? Yes. Or why do not do anything like a normal fucking sentient species? 
it's well, I mean, sentient species bury things. I, I can think of at least one sentient species that buries its dead or burns its dead and scatters its dead or sends it out on an iceberg or fucks its dead. But oh, like Aaron's, Aaron's the, like the next half hour is Aaron, like, or you know, hanging it like, like put it on, like put it in a tree, or <laughs> uh, maybe put it on a boat, or you just maybe, make a like, rug out of it, as we saw on or, uh, the the last episode of Game of Thrones. No spoilers, or put it up on a wall with a spiraled bunch of arms around well, it, two yeah, thirds of a side. Kind of a spoiler, yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, they don't know, they don't remember this thing. I, I, at least the Decepticons had their memorial. Yeah, on I could make an argument that maybe if the Transformers were a. Um, sort of a uh, discovery-based species that you could say that there's a metaphor for putting them on a ship like this and just sending it out haphazardly into like space. Like a barge. Like maybe. A fu- it's a funeral barge. I guess. Maybe. Yeah. All right. All right. But so they, fa- they, they found it again. They found it. <laughs> Here it is. Well, I do like... Very convenient, and it has oxygen, because yes. it, it, it was built after their interactions with humans. You know, maybe sometime some kids are going to want to come up here and yeah. see Even these though bodies. It's the size of Manhattan, which is 13 miles by 2 miles, which is 22 square miles of, of real estate... I do. I will say, I do like Rodimus's line here, where he says, um, "Nothing inside, nothing in there can hurt us." Daniel, I thought that was a, a nice line. Yeah, which is not true at all. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's revealed as a tomb. Uh, the ship flies uh, through some corridors, through a giant door with an Autobot symbol. I'd on like it. that door. And it ultimately lands on uh, in front of some uh, Tesla coils <laughs> and uh, and drapes of fog floating behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, we, we we started to mention this a little bit earlier. Aping from the Cobra Law formula of, of naming convention, Cup tells us that this is the. Veil of Remembrance. <laughs> and it, this is a memorial to the fallen Autobots. Uh, yeah, in Cobra Law, it was the Web of Remembrance. <laughs> so, they had a, so they had a Web of Remembrance, and this, this is, is a, a Veil, veil of, of Remembrance. And this is more of a web, because you could argue it's <laughs> more, more webby. And, and, uh, but, you know, uh, whatever. And <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I mean, the veil of remembrance was really nothing. I like that. Do they just walk, they just walk through it, or is it like a, is it a curtain, or is it like? like it seems to be just fog work? of some sort. Yeah. Even though, I mean, from an animation standpoint, they had to put a, a, a border. But it was very awkward the way they walked through it. It's, it's not true. Like you saw they didn't fade. Of, uh, of smoke or steam. <laughs> anyway, so everybody pops out of the ship. They mm-hmm. start walking down some of the hallways and corridors. Daniel separates himself from the group for some reason. Yep. Uh, he turns down. Nice a job, Spike. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You have one job. Make sure your son lives. It's like Carly, I lost him again. He uh, Daniel reads the nameplates from some of these yes. tombs that we see. Well, remember some of them is dying on screen. Ironhide, Ratchet, Prowl. He reads one that uh, is news to me. Huffer apparently yeah. died during that war. Um, well, I thought that was interesting too that they didn't read Brawn. Well, which uh, has, or Wheeljack. Well, it's also led to some like fun because the first three he rattles off died on the sh- on the Autobot shuttle, mm-hmm. and but they leave out Brawn, and so that's led to like some fan stuff of like, oh well, he so he survived that shoulder shot. Mm-hmm. I, I could see how that could contribute, but you know, there's a lot of tombs here. Apparently, yeah. a lot of other Autobots died. Yeah, yeah. He, he can be among them. Yeah, Daniel's just wandering around, scratching the surface. Really, that's true. <laughs> 
Uh, which, which kudos to the Autobots for just letting a child just run around on his own into a place full, uh, into a... A A mausoleum. Yeah. It's pretty typical. A particularly creepy place, yeah. I mean, you know, I think they've proved themselves to uh, not really care that much about the welfare of the Another question I have is, why are the controls for some of these at... Human child level. Yeah. No, yeah. that no, that's a great a great question. It's like they made this. Yeah, <laughs> like to, a joke. Just to fuck with Daniel. Yes. Just to scare him. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. From behind Daniel, at this point, we see he's being watched by some. It's a terrible reveal. Unknown entity. This entity has white thighs and blue calves and little like fuel containers it's, on the upper. It's side. Optimus Prime. Wait, <laughs> Are you serious, dude? Yeah, dude. Hmm. Just like that guy that ruined the uh, <laughs> the end game yeah. for me. Well, fuck you, Caleb. Daniel <laughs> Daniel touches his perfectly placed control panel. The power goes out. See, and here's he just the thing. Hitting it with his fist. I think it's supposed to. The background's supposed to be darker or something because it doesn't. Optimus Prime doesn't come out of the shadows. Yeah. He just appears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With cobwebs on him. I think the animators were in over their heads at this it's, point. It's true. <laughs> they were like, how the fuck are we going to do this? And, and he does have cobwebs as if he's been standing next yes. to that wall yes. for a hundred th- years. And as if spiders were on this vessel. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, you could maybe. I could even. I could let it go as like because electricity. A of, well, a lot of cobwebs are actually not spider webs, but dust webs that have just built up over time. Sure. But that again implies he's been standing there and not in his tomb. And we just saw him move moments ago mm-hmm. uh, behind Daniel. So Daniel uh, turns around. He he sees this uh, horrific corpse and he screams and runs away. He bumps into more control panels. He opens a tomb. He reveals the corpse and of some other unknown Autobot. This episode really creeped me out as a kid. Yeah. Like, yeah. for a number of reasons, but it's fucking... And like, even the sound whenever that tomb opens. Yeah, well, there's, like, a howling noise. Yeah, it's, it's like a legit horror movie noise. And it's it's just it's fucking creepy. So this uh, rusted tin cadaver falls to the ground, narrowly missing the opportunity to finally kill Daniel once and for all. He gets back to the group. He tries to tell everybody, hey, I, I saw him this prime, everybody, but, you know, they don't believe him. Yeah, I will say I that... we all miss him or something like that. <laughs> he says, uh, I saw I saw something or something like that. And, and there is a grammatically correct where he, they say, you saw whom? I, I actually noted that as well. Ultra Magnus <laughs> Yes, says Ultra that. Magnus. Uh, it would be Ultra Magnus, personally. Since Perceptor's uh, not here, it's up to him. So, but Rodimus, he nobody believes him. But Rodimus bites, and he decides the team must go into the burial chamber of Optimus Prime mm-hmm. uh, and, and check and see if his body is still inside. So the team advances uh, back through the veil. Rodimus notes that if Optimus Prime were alive, the Matrix would have told him yeah. somehow. They I feel like they could lot. have done a better uh, render of Optimus Prime in yeah. this. Uh, they went to a lot more. of trouble to build this place. They didn't even I know. center. Why didn't they center the coffin on the platform? That feels like an it's true. It's mistake. off to the left a little bit. This whole mausoleum seems way overbuilt. Like there's a lot of empty yeah, like, space. Like Cybertron is like falling apart. <laughs> I know how much resource went into building this. In, they're dumping all of their money into this. I have to assume barge. that it's inspired by Egyptian pyramids and things May like have. that, right? Sarcophagi. But uh, Hot well, Rod opens the coffin by the astounded look on everyone's faces. <laughs> we can surmise that the coffin is empty, uh, but luckily for us, uh, that's validated by this shot here of an empty coffin. Oh shit! <laughs> 
This should have been like our Easter episode. <laughs> there, I saw a lot of He is Risen with yeah. Optimus Prime yeah. on there, but it was usually the Skylinks and Quintesson one, which, depending on what version you're watching, is the next episode. Right, that's true. Uh, there is a lot of confusion about episode order, and it's mostly caused by the fact that they yoinked this out of mm-hmm. sequence. Out of continuity. But uh, so somehow Rodimus knows, he just knows that Decepticons are in the building. Yeah. Uh, and they run back through the veil only to be immediately ambushed. Yeah, they, I don't. There's no clear indication of how he knows the Decepticons. There's not even a noise to my understanding. Yeah, I, I didn't I hear tell. anything. Um, but he's, he's. And so they go. Does and the they, Matrix give you spider sense? Yes. And so, and so they go in there and they just get their, as a, per usual, overwhelmed. Right. And. And uh, Ultra Magnus actually says at this point, uh, there are too many of them, to which I would reply, no, there aren't. There are three. (laughs) You have, I see Galvatron, two sweeps, and Cyclonus. I think you are like almost one for one on your robot uh, situation here. They quickly dispatch some of the sweeps. Mm -hmm. Galvatron transforms. He destroys the life pod. Yes. Which... It seems to be like he's doing that to make a point that now they're stranded, right? Like that's that's why you would do this, I guess. And uh, well, more on that later. Well, keeping their perfect record of losing every ship they fly. <laughs> yeah. thank, thank God. But uh, the battle continues. Uh, our team. Thing Cyclonus uh, materializes a gun just yeah. out of thin air, like out of hammer space. That goes into the idea of the alternate universes and the po- or the pocket, pocket universes, dimensions, yeah. Or dimensions, yeah. That they bag of holding. They either keep their trailers in or mm-hmm. whatever their their weapons. Um, and I will say, in one of the commercial breaks on here, which I am I'm glad I really enjoy that the that Shop Factory kept the commercial bumpers in mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Blur materializes a gun in the same way. Oh, does he? In one of the bumpers. Yeah. We're, we're in full-on battle mode. RC, poor girl, takes a, what I would call a very direct shot. Right to the kneecap. To the kneecap. Uh, she takes it poorly. I mean, she screams in agony. And uh, when everybody comes up to her to kind of check on her, she says it's just an exostructure wound. Which, like a flesh why, wound. Why, first of all, that was a direct hit. <laughs> and are the yeah. Decepticons' by somebody, phasers set to stun? Well, Galvatron's previous... Kind of fire destroyed their whole shuttle. I think it was Cyclonus. So now they just kind of oh injured. Her yeah, game. but why again? Why would they have weapons that don't? Yeah, just not, that should have knocked her fucking leg off. Maybe she's really her, reinforced. Should have blown her leg off. Yeah, she got them knee pads. Mm-hmm. She's a skateboarder, <laughs> and she, <laughs> she takes it. She to, was a skater. She's girl. about safe. <laughs> she said, "See you later, girl." Right, exactly. You know where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. Rodimus says that really, they, there's only one way out, and they've got to retreat. Through the veil of remembrance, and it, retreat it's, to a dead end. <laughs> it's their only chance for some reason. And Galvatron gives chase. He ultimately delivers a, a, an arm cannon shot that knocks the Autobots down from the stairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Galvatron notes the convenience of killing Rodimus here because uh, they could just lay his wreckage aside the the, the, the body of his mentor. It's poetic. There are a lot more sweeps here. That just showed up behind him. So I guess they did have a superior So they are outnumbered. Well, why why did we give him that credit then? (laughs) Speak of the devil. At this point, Optimus Prime appears. And even though he's cracked and rotting, he has the power to gun down the bad guys and demand that they leave this place. Or die. Or die. 
Yeah, he's got some heavy firepower. As Prime tends to do, he turns the tide, and the Autobots push the Decepticons off the ship. They celebrate their victory as Optimus walks through the veil. And, and at this point, we go to commercial. Mm-hmm. The Transformers will return after these messages. We now return to the Transformers. So the the commercial sequence, as Ryan alluded to, the the, the first one we get is uh, Trypticon mm-hmm. in uh, Battle Station mode, then in one of the Dino mode, and then and then we get a little uh, Sharticon action. Uh, <laughs> <robot> <laughs> Arms go into his mouth. It's a what? weird transformation. Hang on, I want to watch that again. Yeah, I mean it's a little uh, it's a little dodgy. But, yeah, but it works. We're back from commercial. Our uh, our Victor Caroli bumper sequences are complete, and Optimus. He, he emerges from the veil. He approaches Hot Rod and he grunts. First thing, is it safe? That was my Chad James. That was uh, Optimus Prime. That was the worst Optimus Prime. Let's <laughs> yeah, well, see if you've got a better one. <laughs> is it safe? <laughs> All right. Is it, <clears throat> is it safe? That's so Caleb, that's, you've that's got a deep voice. Give it a shot. Um, can you play it real quick with the audio so I can hear him say it? Is it safe? I still think it was better yeah, than Lars. Yeah, I, I don't. We know. don't have the uh, but he's, the, the he's deep timber. He's of troubled. Peter he's he's definitely troubled. Yeah, the uh, Matrix. Yes, I've been keeping it warm for you, Hot Rod. Like yeah. just right off the bat. No, oh, yeah. Qu- no questions asked. <laughs> Start, starts Hot to Rod. open his chest. He can't. He can't get the Matrix <laughs> out of his chest and over to Optimus. Fast enough. It is, even, Ultra Magnus is like, uh, hey, maybe give him a day or something. Yeah, but no. Rodimus is like, nah, man, he's the least curious person that's ever existed. Hey, he's back, and who cares how? <laughs> Didn't he see Pet Cemetery? <laughs> yeah, Sometimes he, dead is better. Yeah, this is the leader of the Autobots. <laughs> right, yeah. Th- th- I mean, they're, that's, they're in bad shape. But to be fair, they, I, they're, they've always been a, a chaste species. And by chaste, I mean... Not uh, virgin-like, but always pursued. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cup at this point asks Optimus what he's been through, and he says, "Darkness, cold, and then light." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Daniel suggests that maybe Optimus has been in a coma. Uh, Optimus mumbles that he must complete plan. And so we we end up in some kind of uh, I don't know, la- la- lack of a better phrase, a workshop. That uh, we see that Optimus has been building an escape ship. We're, uh-huh. we're, we're, I, I can tell a by, big ass escape ship. I, yeah, I can tell by great. Ryan sighing that there, we're in some troubled territory. More we, so we in a little bit, this. but like I can, I can buy that maybe he cobbled together the pieces. From he's been around long enough. That, sure, that, that he's building. A we ship. don't know how long he's been alive. In quotes. might have some issue with something that happens later concerning yeah. a ship. We are in the workshop. Just the very fact that this workshop exists gives uh, Rodimus all the impetus he needs to rush Optimus and force him to take the Matrix. And it's apparent that not only does Optimus not want it, it's actually hurting him, but still uh, he manages to shove it inside his chest. Well, a couple things prior to that. Like, Rodimus says, you still think he's unfit to lead us? And sprints down the steps. Which, to that I say... I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer worked in a chocolate factory. Ed Gein built furniture out of people. Like, just because you're crafty doesn't mean that you're competent. Ed Gein had a mammary vest. Wait a minute. 
I I really he- I I hesitate to I, give you this yeah. this leeway. Uh, I don't know who these serial killers are, but yeah. you know, mostly I think in the past you've dealt with mainstream serial killers who I've kind of known or known the basics around. You're you're dropping some some. Deep I said cuts. Jeffrey Dahmer and Ed Gein too. I don't know Ed Gein. Uh, Ed, Ed Gein was the, the inspiration for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Technically, he wasn't a serial killer. I mean, he did kill two people, but mostly he just dug up corpses and made them into furniture. So, which one was the breast vest? Ed Gein. Okay, so he, and and did he take multiple breasts? It was and... the breast from one woman, but yeah, he took a bunch of parts. Okay, so there wasn't like one vest that had was, a lot of breasts. No, it wasn't it. like a pig, like with teats all the way down. It Were just... they appropriately positioned on the vest? Yeah, he wanted to be a woman. Okay, all right. This well, was in the 1950s. All right, moving on. The, the, sorry, everybody. Well, I will say to your point, Aaron, um, that. Had to get my head around this. <laughs> He does try to give back the Matrix, which I guess technically is good storytelling. But even as a kid, I was like, oh, no, clearly Optimus Prime doesn't want to take it. Um, Which leads to the flip side of Rodimus is a dumb shit. Optimus's mannerisms at this point uh, are how I will feel when it becomes time for my proctological exam. Uh, Shouldn't you have already done that? Uh, I thought 45. Oh, is it? 45 usually I never know. I've 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 been doing it since 20. What? That's just fun. <laughs> I've I've had exam I've had proctology exams. They're fine. <laughs> They're fine. Prime takes the matrix and it is instant Botox for Hot Rod. He he loses his oh, age lines, he shrinks down a little bit. And, and, and you know what? Guys, let's party. Yeah. All right. <laughs> hey, remember when I <laughs> kind of helped get Optimus killed? No responsibility. Yeah. That's it, it does seem like, you're, to your point, Caleb, like he can't get rid of the Matrix fast enough no, to revert back to Hot Rod. That's, what, that's all he cared about. The second he saw Optimus, his, his it wasn't like, oh, my God, you're still alive. Or how are you still alive? It's like, here, take this thing right <laughs> Please. now. Are we to assume that with or without the Matrix comes all sense of responsibility? Do we believe that he just never wanted it and just couldn't wait to get rid of it? Or that now that it's gone, he's like, I don't think he learned anything. (laughs) I don't know. They don't really depict him to be a very good leader at all, do they? And there's very few spots where they do. Hot Rod is very happy, but Optimus Prime is not so happy. And he and he asks his audience to please forgive him. And at this point, he fires on Hot Rod. And I'm like, yeah, he's right dead. The chest. <laughs> he fires on the rest of the Autobots, and they have to take cover. Um, and, and Optimus is already conflicted. He said, what mm-hmm. have I done? He activates an auto-destruct With the sequence. the biggest buttons that have ever existed. Well, and yeah, those are huge buttons. Wow. <laughs> that is a whack-a-mole right there. And he then bugs out in a, a giant vessel that, he, that he's been working out that is his escape pod. And, and he's done so. See you later. We can see that the, the mausoleum has a, a, the sparks flying. Are supposed I'm not sure to, what guess, that's meant to indicate. Uh, it, it, it impress it's upon da- us that the, the ship is in problems. right? Um, and meanwhile, the Autobots, they recover. Uh, Daniel and Spike, who should be dead, as they are covered by tons of metallic crazy. wreckage. But it's okay. Everyone's okay. Hot Rod notes that Prime must have had a plan because he didn't kill them. And Cup notes that they're all about to die because this fucker is heading into a giant red sun. Mm-hmm. Where are you guys on this so far? 
<laughs> rod, hot, hot rod, hot rod's an idiot. Um, it's more of the you know more of the same. Like, you know, he I still just, believes he still believes in Optimus, which makes sense. Although why Optimus wouldn't explain the plan and just, it just a part well, of he pl- can't and he just shot at all Optimus of them. is no Optimus I know is, uh, I'm saying but from inhibited his, I'm saying from from his perspective he doesn't know that right no I mean no 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 he made some decisions really quickly that he I just have. I love when we go to Cybertron here I, I love the wee sound effects that like always uh, uh, come with being on Cybertron like a theremin like noises mm-hmm. we flash forward to Cybertron as Ryan indicated and guess what Optimus is there and I assume by the, 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 this, the shock and joy of having Optimus Prime back has already passed because we see a group of Autobots, Perceptor, Grimlock, Springer, Skydive. They're nonchalantly standing by as, and just uh, listening to Autobot start. Optimus spin a lie about yeah. Hot Rod Cup and RC all dying to save them. Grimlock has an inappropriate comic temper tantrum. This takes up 16 seconds. I timed it too. It's way, way, way too long. Like half of it, there's no dialogue and it's just, it doesn't, 16 seconds don't sound like much, but I'm going to drop it in for the listener right here. You see how fucking fucked up that is? That's crazy. So Prime immediately tells the Autobots that they are mobilizing against the Quintessons. This is happening now. No waiting period. No restroom breaks. We got to deal with this. We got some shuttles to trash. Like, Prime, maybe you want to lay down? You don't look great. <laughs> oh, by the way, welcome back. This is amazing. I know. Oh, I forgot to mention that um, that uh, Springer vows to avenge his friends. I mean it, RC. Those five-faced, tentacled slime are going to pay for this, but good. I mean it, RC. Yeah. Yeah. What? Which I guess uh, is he a brother? Is he a boo? Uh, so well, is he a boo brother? As I see in all these modern-day pornographies. Well, I hate that. I hate that there's so much of that. I don't know why we have to have sex with our stepsisters. I grew up with a guy that had sex with his stepsister. That's true. And, uh, it's just I'm like, why do, we don't need a story. Yeah. I don't need you to be my stepmom. <laughs> uh, but on. yeah, it is like, there, there's definitely, I guess that is where I'm receiving my romantic overtones that I apply to the movie, is that I guess there are definitely some indications in the series. But... You could he could have reacted the same if it was a sister mentality. Nah, uh, somebody murders my sister, I'll be like, well, I'm technically they're all brothers and sisters. I don't know. How they're all made from the creation right? matrix or Primus. That's not in this universe. Well, then th- we don't know. Actually, they're all made from by Quintessons in this universe. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't get a brother. Yeah. I don't get a brotherly sense from it. All right, well. There's no way to tell. So we go to <laughs> the uh, Quintessons here. They basically can see everything that Optimus Prime can see. Right. They know the Autobots are coming for them, which is perfect because it's all a part of their diabolical plan. Yeah, they laugh. Ha ha ha. This bar, where oh god, where Ultraman is, 
<laughs> we go back and Ultra Magnus is like, let's hope this little improvisation gets us home. Yeah. Okay. We're back at the mausoleum. Cup says it's time to say our goodbyes at the tomb because uh, it's about to be lost to the star. If you've, if you've been following, you would think that he's also saying it's time for all of us to say goodbye yeah. because... Because so we're, we're going to fucking die. Yeah. Uh, but, but yes, somehow Ultra Magnus has built a ship, a fully functioning ship. I know. It's like, I can buy that maybe Prime over a couple weeks did it. But then again, also, my question is, why didn't the Quintesson just give Prime a ship? And then it leads me to believe, like, what we'll find out later is this all a Quintesson plan. Why even... So it must just be complete coincidence the Autobots found the mausoleum. Like, they didn't play into the Quintesson plan at all. It's just coincidence. Uh, I mean, I guess unless it was a long game, like the Quintessons were like, eventually the Autobots are going to come back here. This is where their buried people are. I mean, the Autobots are all a sentimental does, species. No, of course they'll come back and visit their But men. no, all it does is complicate it because that's what leads to the end of the plan is that they don't die. So they ne- Quintessons never wanted anybody to find the ship because Optimus just has to lie. I still don't understand why there's a logical fallacy there because Optimus can just hang there and wait and is, and they're in control of him. So as soon as anybody shows up, they can like execute whatever they're in But they don't is. nobody needs to for show up. For all we know, Optimus' ship has been done for months. That's what I'm saying, is that them showing up only makes the plan not work. Like why didn't Optimus just fly to Cybertron? Like them showing up is what fails I the see plan. What you're saying. I see what you're saying now. Okay, yeah, that does make sense because Optimus shows up on Cybertron. Nobody's, none of this middle ground stuff happens. They all go fight the Quintessons. Everybody dies. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So So they weren't expecting this. Yes. But they don't act like they're not expecting it. Yes, it's very weird. (laughs) In this world, the Quintessons drove... Galvatron to chase the Autobots here. Yes. To <laughs> which is so convoluted. Discover it. Wow, I'm slow, but you're right. This whole thing is wrong. <laughs> it's almost like they don't know yeah. what to do. It's almost like somebody had another plot from another cartoon series <laughs> that he just plugged they decided in to just to the uh, overlap to his Transformers work that he had to do. Uh, the the Autobots escape. Mm-hmm. That's that's no uh, major spoiler. They bust through the sides of the mausoleum as the mausoleum itself uh, burns in the atmosphere of the Red Star. And guess what? They land safely on Cybertron? Like five seconds later. No, they crash on Cybertron. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Yeah, they crash right into like the, the side of the building. <laughs> Where, yes, I can't. I, I rewatched it because... Um, I was watching it and... Can well, we make a 9-11 reference here? I wasn't planning on it. <laughs> we can if you want. 9-11 reference. Okay. Go ahead, my, my I didn't hear that line of where Cup said the... Well, I don't know, the brakes No brakes or whatever, no yeah. Break. So what I assumed, kind of, when I first saw it, I actually, I actually thought it was possible. Like I considered it and I rewound it. The thing that they just, for no reason, just crashed their shuttle through the window. Because <laughs> that's... What they do. They just crash shuttles. Also, it's weird the Dinobots are in dino form. I guess they prefer to be in dino They were like that in the movie. It's true. But, like, it's demonstrably better to be a robot form when you're, like, monitoring a window. Which appeared, I thought was a viewer, but turns out to be a window, a window. That the shuttle just crashes through and Sludge has to push Snarl out of the way. 
Well, even Grimlock in the previous scene, his his temper yes. tantrum was in Dino mode. I guess they just prefer Dino I think, mode. And I think, well, they're more iconic. I think for the purposes of, That's true. of the viewer, they probably had them in Dino mode. That's true. That makes sense. Well, the ship crashes through. You called them, Aaron, Launchpad McFucks, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Yeah. Was that Caleb, actually? That was you. Oh, okay. I'll that. take credit for that. This crash happens. Everybody's fine. The Dinobots are confused. Because they come trotting out before the shuttle even stops moving. Really, they, they think that these Autobots are dead, so they're 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 a little topsy turvy. And the team <laughs> learns that everyone believes the Quintessons have killed them, and they also learn that uh, Optimus has assembled an attack force against those Quintessons, right? Which everybody has believes has killed them. And also, uh, the Dinobots realize that something's not right. Why wouldn't Optimus Prime just take those guys with him on the trip, by the way? He just leaves these two fuck maybe, behind. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they thought it was too weird to not leave anybody on the planet. It, it, but well, it in, does ca- say, in case somebody shows up, he legitimately believes everybody else is dead. He set him on that course. In case the Decepticons show up. Transition back to Team Optimus. We see all the aerial bots and other ships that look like the aerial bots and Prime's ship heading toward uh, what is uh, the Quintesson planet or what he claims is the Quintesson planet. Yeah. Perceptor suggests they send out patrols. Prime verbally bitch slaps Perceptor and uh, with the with the alternate strategy of waging all-out war because, you know, he's in command here. Yeah. And then we do see like there's a we see a bunch of familiar forms soon get killed. Uh, like there's Jetfire, there's the aerial bots. Yeah, I think it's a major animation error. I think it's just I don't know if it's an error. I think it's basically just they had those animation models and they used them uh, because obviously we still see those characters alive later. And then Slingshot's model gets killed twice. But this brings up a point of like they are Autobots, so even if they're generic. We see individuals like manning gun stations that explode. Um, this may be the only time besides the movie where we have an actual like body count. Yeah, it's true. There are some scenes where you basically see, even though they're unknown warriors, their mm-hmm. faces melted off. You know, Blur shows up. He, he's got hot news from the wire mm-hmm. uh, that Hot Rude's... Hot, hot Rude? Hot Rude. Hot Rude and the dweebs. That the crew is still alive. Prime blows it off as fake news. He commands full speed ahead. The Quintessons, we get a little bit more of the story here. Turns out the planet that everybody's headed towards is a decoy. Optimus Prime doesn't understand what's going on with him. And the Quintessons infer that Optimus Prime is not alive, even though he believes himself to be. Crazy. The Quintessons have a defense system, which opens up killing several of Ryan's aforementioned aerial bots. Other unnamed Autobots, although I would say Power Glide. Is Power Glide, Jetfire. And uh, a few great animation touches here, actually, with missiles uh, yeah. coming at the camera. Let me wait for it here. They, I don't know why they say to place trust in their defense systems, because presumably they're somewhere else. They're not here. They don't it need to hang that right. closely to the scene here. It doesn't but they're make a, a lot of nervous. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense why they'd have defenses. I mean, I guess... At all, because all they want them to do, they don't want they, they want them to get to the detonator. Right, exactly. So why, unless it's just part of a ruse? It's it's a but, but a ruse that's also outs. meant to kill people. So the defense systems open up, and we see. So actually, by I think by 
everyday cartoon standards, not by Transformers the movie standards. The scene of these missiles firing from the uh, the asteroid defenses mm-hmm. coming towards the camera, and then yes, killing the aerial bots is a is a pretty good sequence here. And here's where we see yeah, an Autobot with his face just yeah, blown to, off. Fourteen forty eight. He looks Autobot more, more Stunticon uh, colors, but there's lots of explosions, a few deaths, including power glides. And I think we go to commercial here, if I'm not mistaken. The Transformers will return after these messages. My question is, why did the Quintessons want the Autobots dead in the first place? Like, I know they have an alliance with the Decepticons. And maybe it's explained in Five Faces of Darkness, which I haven't read or read. Haven't watched in a long time. But just what is their, why is their dog in this fight? I believe the Quintessons want all the Transformers dead. I see. But I can't remember why or how. As okay. I understand it, the Quintessons, we'd have to watch Five Faces of Darkness, I believe, are the creators of the Transformers. Right. And somehow it turned against them and didn't work out. In this episode, the Quintessons are the big bad. Like, the Decepticons do almost nothing. But we don't hear from the Decepticons again. We're no. We're done with them. They get run off and that's it. We come back from commercial break. Mm-hmm. The uh, Autobot likenesses that uh, that we see die. By the way, sorry, let me back up. Commercial break, we saw bumper animations of Rodimus Prime and then Ultra Magnus. Rodimus being attacked by Cyclonus turns into his like uh, Winnebago Trunk. mode. And then we see Ultra Magnus with Springer and Cup flying off of him in robot mode. Stands very magnanimously. We revisit the death of Powerglide Slingshot, a ship that looks like Skyfire. Um, everybody's getting fucked up, guys. Mm-hmm. And RC notes that we're too late. Hot Rod commands to Radio Prime's flagship, we've got to stop him. Uh, at this point, Blur tells Prime, look, uh, Hot Rod and, and the crew, they, it really seems they, to be them out there. I think they're really alive. Uh, they're, they're, and they're begging to participate in a conversation, maybe even get on this ship and, and, and meet you in nice. person. Prime has a, a mere second of lucidity before succumbing to his Quintesson no. masters, he states that this is another Quintesson trick and demands that they destroy the ship that has Hot Rod and his which team they, on it. Which they comply to do. Yeah. Nobody cares. Like, they're just like, well, it's Optimus Prime. Yeah. So we see uh, two Perceptors and some aerial bots <laughs> manning giant cannons and just blasting away <laughs> at Hot Rod's ship. Yes, yeah, I will say the, the shots of uh, the lasers going past the Interceptor are very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I even like the way the circular sort of mm-hmm. uh, like look of the phasers. Yeah, it, yeah, it looks great around 1556 mark here. Uh, it almost seems like they're dodging, but they I think they're I just getting lucky because nobody's driving that shit. No one's driving. We see Cup, Hot Rod, Ultra Magnus RC, Daniel, luckily, he's in his uh, exosuit and Spike. Luckily, yeah, I guess the, the some, fucking mausoleum had so. extra spacesuits for him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very all very um, lucky because uh, as it turns out, a hole is going to get ripped in this ship, and everybody's going to get sucked out of it, and then the ship is going to explode. The 
Vision, like this, where we see on screen a perceptor in microscope, mo- microscope mode using the targeting scope is very funny to me. Yeah, Skydive, who I thought was dead, is looking through his cannon scope, and he, he, he can tell already that Hot Rod and his crew are still alive, but mm-hmm. then Perceptor literally shoves him out of the fucking way. Uh, hold up for this. See you yeah, later. Yeah. <laughs> Transforms into a microscope, sticks his lens up against the glass, and says, yeah, that works. Yep. <laughs> Positive identification. <laughs> um, the the are a bit off put by this news. Uh, however, they <laughs> like we see just a brief view of like the somebody from the ship jumping out to like presumably catch yes, them. <laughs> So the Kudasans at first are like, uh, does this fuck up our plan? But they decide that it actually makes their plan better. And all that really matters is uh, just continuing to lure the Autobots toward the detonator. Mm-hmm. And uh, a simulation <laughs> reveals oh, yes. that... Uh, that and we uh, know it's a simulation <laughs> because it says simulation. <laughs> Poorly. Look how big the O is. I don't know. Things are just messed up. The, the typography skills yeah. of the uh, Quintessons aren't the best with the, with the kerning and the letter sizing. But, you know, uh, they, they've revealed their plan. And they're, they're going to continue along this plan. And, and these proximity-based bombs are, are going to explode and kill all the Autobots. Right, yeah. guys? I mean, presumably, I think the plan is this bomb detonates the, the binary star system into a, you know, a Nova, basically. And Hot Rod and team, they've they, they finally gotten aboard Optimus's ship somehow. Uh, we didn't see the rescue sequence, but Springer and Wheelie, they, they are totally stoked to see these guys. Hot Rod tells the crew to turn the ship around while he goes to confront Optimus Prime. I'm going Optimus hunting. Springer notes that the doors to the command center are locked, but that doesn't stop Hot Rod, who easily uh, punches through the thick yeah, steel door. I will say this, not for nothing. Do I want Hot Rod or Rodimus making strategic decisions or being a leader? No. But he can be a badass when sheer just brash action is called for. Uh, well, is he? And he is still rot, Hot Rod at this yeah, point. Yeah, he still right? he is. <laughs> Correct. Um he uh, busts the door, he approaches Optimus Prime, and he sheepishly tells him that he's taking command. Oh, this is stepping up. Optimus, in a, a moment of clarity, what took you so long? Mm-hmm. Uh, he rides in agony. I mean, these are very difficult moments to watch. He, it is. It's very heart-wrenching. What, what did they do to me? Uh, we see a flashback at this point. Uh, the Quintessons, we, we, I think we kind of understood that they were responsible for this all along, but now it's blatant that the Quintessons somehow uh, fished Optimus Prime's body out of the, the mausoleum and uh, put him on board a ship of their own, and they're responsible for putting some kind of spark, whatever it is, whatever it means, mm-hmm. into uh, Prime's lifeless shell they, here. They Manchurian candidated him. Pretty much, yeah. I've never seen that movie, but I'll just it's go also ahead and a book. say it's true. I'm not it reading that shit. <laughs> I'm not it reading was that multiple movie. movies, too, I believe. Which one was better? The one with Denzel's pretty good. Is it really? Yeah. Did it get good reviews? I don't know. I liked it. Hot Rod offers to help Optimus Prime, but Prime at this point really goes feral. Well, he says, I don't want to fight you, and then Optimus says, then stop me. Yeah. He, he, he attacks Hot Rod. 
at the same time while begging Hot Rod to stop him. It's, Please, yeah, Rodimus. It's, it's he's rough. All, he's all jacked it's up. It's so rough. Like, this actually did legitimately make me a little misty watching, like, Optimus <laughs> beg for him to stop him. In so many ways, this is harder than actually watching him die. Oh, yeah, I had some notes about how it's another fuck you grab at the sadness apple. <laughs> It, it is true, and maybe we, this is a fine, as fine a time to go at it as as any uh, for uh, for a franchise that supposedly was learning from the mistake mm-hmm. of killing its uh, honored hero. They, it really feels like a dig in the heels into your teeth, especially how this ends. Optimus, Rodimus, they they continue to fight. Um, Optimus Prime puts him in, a, in an arm lock so hard that. Hot Rod's chest starts to fracture. What is and going leak. on there? I didn't understand it as a it's, kid, but but to my understanding now, what it looks like is he's pulling his arms back so hard he's that he's his ripping chest. his chest. Yeah, that's hardcore, man. Hot Rod manages to disarm Optimus Prime, we should say. I will say the punching of Optimus Prime on Hot Rod is pretty silly. He does a little bit of loosey-goosey uh, <laughs> <laughs> hooks, hooks there. And I think uh, he says something along the lines of, uh, with the Matrix. I'm too strong. He's yeah. too strong for Hot Rod. Uh, he gets the hold from behind, as we've alluded to. He applies pressure that creates some kind of friction that is, yes, it's it's burning a hole, a melty, gross hole in Hot Rod's chest. But, you know, with a, uh, a few well-placed elbows to the ribs and, and maybe even a kick to the ankle, Hot Rod gets freed from this camel clutch <laughs> and throws him across the room into that wall. When Optimus hits that wall, it knocks his fucking knocks arm his off. his fucking arm off. And uh, he lies against the wall. He's just sizzling. Hot Rod approaches. He's... He's pleading, pleading for this fight to end. And at this point, Prime, he, he's still not in control of his faculties. He kicks Hot Rod across the room. He recovers his rifle. Here's the thing, like, yeah, like, Prime broke broken to shit, suffering a Quintesson virus, and fighting to resist still beats your ass. Well, Prime is strong, and he's got he's that the matrix. Best. He's got that matrix inside of him. Mm-hmm. He lifts his rifle to Hot Rod's head. Will Hot Rod die? <laughs> I didn't even have a note to do that. That was <laughs> no, that pure, was off the cuff. Pure, pure improvisation. He says, he says to Hot Rod, "You should have finished me." And and Hot Rod says, "Believe me, I tried." Yeah. The the Matrix gleams at this point from inside mm-hmm. Optimus Prime's chest. He he struggles to belt it out until all until all are one. Or one. He he somehow manages to regain oh. control of himself. And this next line. Monsters, they made me a weapon to destroy the very ones I loved in life. Is like, man, that's. I honestly got emotional listening to that. Like, it's so terrible. Yeah. I mean, obviously, people refer to this episode as the zombie. Optimus Prime episode, mm-hmm. but it's not really an accurate depiction because no. there are some semblance of his true uh, self and personality. Bit, I feel it, well. He regrets what he's, he he recognizes he's not in control of himself. He wants to be as helpful as he can, but mm-hmm. he also is not in control of yeah. himself. So uh, what are you gonna do? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty rough. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what he's going to do. He is going <laughs> to pull the Matrix in his chest. He gives it back to Hot Rod. He explains that the Quintessons made him a weapon to destroy uh, everybody. But Rodimus Prime, he believes in Rodimus Prime. 
And uh, he believes that Rodimus Prime is going to save everybody. He walks away. Hot Rod recovers. I guess now he's Rodimus Prime. Mm-hmm. His, his crew finds him. Thank the stars we found you just in time, which is a really dumb line because they were just on the other side of the Yeah, world. you guys, what were they doing? <laughs> I mean, I, presumably trying to convince everybody else that they were still alive. And I not, guess so. Not a quintesson trick. I guess they trick. to go talk to the crew. I'd have to believe that they... None of them could have had a hundred percent faith in Optimus Prime. I mean, they were listening to him, but they had to be like, you know, he's, well, they did say, "Hey, he's not, he's, he's not in his right mind to command right now." Just uh, another. I mean, even the Decepticons, when they realized that Galvatron was is a little fucked up, they took him to a a know, therapist <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> again. Reason why the Decepticons are better. From the control room, Prime issues his uh, final command. Which is a bit of an animation error because they show him with his left hand on the controls from the back initially. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even see that. Meanwhile, the the Autobots are evacuating this main ship. By the way, I I forgot to mention that because um, it's being blown to bits. They're getting out of there. So he's in this control room, he being Optimus Prime. We mm-hmm. see there's two, I, I guess, yeah, planets. Yeah, see right there where it's, it's got his left Stars hand. is coming into... That was an interesting bit of uh, animation there that I d- did not notice before. They're, that, like, they're bringing something into focus. Yeah, they're br- I yeah. wonder how they did that. They didn't do it totally, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, I never noticed that on yeah. the view screen, the planet. That feels should, focus. higher level than yeah. what this episode actually yeah, is. They should do more of that. <laughs> do better. <laughs> At this point, the Quintessons are like, what the fuck? They direct all their firepower on Optimus's flagship. Which my question is, I guess they just don't want to lose the detonator if it's only going to destroy one ship. Like, why do they care? That was the whole plan, just to just, just use the detonator. Are they just not wanting to waste it? Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense that they think they can use it again. That's my... I, I don't know how you'd use this trick again, but... Optimus maintains course for the detonator. The Quintessence firepower is not stopping the ship. As the ship takes hits, we see Optimus taking more oh, damage God. from inside the bridge. Explosions occurring all around him. Half his head is blown or melted away, revealing this circular optical it's area. so gross. He uh, lets out a final... Until all, I, I remember that when I was. I remember as a kid that that's that shot. Yeah. I don't remember much from this episode other than I do remember like looking and be like, oh, it's like his his eye is missing. You just got an empty like weird socket. Mm-hmm. His antennae is yeah all bent he up and is, melted away. And basically, his whole left shoulder. Yeah, yeah he is jacked up. Everything which in the Return of Optimus Prime is all retconned away. <laughs> oh, oh, well, we'll have to get to that. It's been a while for me. Yeah, so I thought at this point the the camera pans over to Prime's right hand. I thought he would do a like a, a forward push, yeah, yeah forward motion, which he doesn't do, but it's a, the, yeah, it still does the trick. Of, also, it kind of looks like he's jerking off a robotic dick. It almost kind of okay. Yes, that's true. It also looks like it was drawn. <laughs> it was drawn rather by the the creator of Groo. Do you remember that? I do. I, you know what? Honestly, I've been. I was the other day. I was thinking. I was trying to remember what. That was called. Thank you. Now I can go look it up. I remember those comics, and I could not remember the name of them. Writing down Gru, that artist somehow got his hand on. I won't even call it an animation sequence because it's just a still shot mm-hmm. that they that they panned, which over gets to fucked up a little bit. Optimus fist. I did not picture it as a dick, Ryan. Fuck you for 
introducing that to my <laughs> mental. One last jerk. He's just jerking it as hard as he can as he flies into the sun. <laughs> God damn it. That's terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry I brought it up. Yeah, well, this is really going to be emotional, but now it's less so. Fire consumes the ship. He blasts into the detonator, mm-hmm. and there's a giant explosion, lots of debris. The explosion lasts forever. I guess those other two planets are that sun in that planet. Didn't really have that much to do with with the well, scheme. I don't. I, I don't understand a lot. I thought the scene, idea was actually. that the detonation is supposed to ignite the sun. I thought there were two suns, honestly, but well, and create some sort of chain reaction. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, just going to be unescapable. Is it possible that the Quintessence plan was never going to work because it didn't take long for the Autobots to get away from? It's true. I mean, it does create a Nova, which they literally say it's a Nova. They do say it's a Nova, but could a Nova really exist there, right there? A Nova is any time a sun explodes, or a star explodes. But could one exist next to two other entities? No, I think the point is that the the explosion triggers a Nova. But the Nova still is triggered, but it doesn't destroy the planets next to it. It did. They're gone. They're gone to go back one. See? I just assumed they were far away. Sorry, we were looking at um, between the 12, 21, and, uh, or I'm sorry, 21, 24, 25, 26. Yeah, I mean, it looks like an explosion is happening between two planets or possibly a planet and a star that are very close. That close, you'd still see the star if it uh, still existed. Uh, at, at 21, 27, I guess you see nothing, and uh, but you also see the Nova burnout. So then is it really a Nova? Yeah. Yeah. They end. I mean, it's also a cartoon. Ultra Magnus said it was a Nova, so it's a Nova. Also, oh boy, this portrayal of Ultra Magnus, like at 2134, I maybe could have had some more information, like some, I could have appreciated Rodimus's eulogizing if Ultra Magnus weren't speaking without moving his mouth and looked like he had a brain injury. It is true, yeah. Not the best uh, illustrated interpretation. Cup says goodbye, old friend. Daniel cries, of course. Yeah. Uh, Ultra Daniel's Magnus tells him, us... Daniel's seen him die twice now. Yes! <laughs> I mean, everybody in the room has seen him That's die twice true. now. Ultra Magnus tells us this explosion, which has created a Nova. Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. Will, be, will be his memorial. Rodimus says... I don't know that I'll ever be the leader that you were, but for sure, I'm going to try. You won't, and don't bother. Yeah. So long. And then we get Prime. like a little painting across the sky. Give a thumb. Does it give a thumbs up? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> or he winks. Wink. He doesn't give a wink, but there is a, uh, a, a, a little uh, ding, uh, a yes. little ding flash of light that happens right by his neck, which, uh, which I'll take. So this ghostly image... Uh, burns across the screen. If you were watching the rerun version of this, you'd hear mm-hmm. uh, Victor Caroli state, But is this really the end of Optimus Prime? Find out in tomorrow's exciting episode. Did Prime die that's pretty, again? Pretty, that's a pretty good Caroli. It was like a mixture of Victor Caroli and like... Um, uh, Vincent, Vincent Price. Price. Yes. I feel like nice. Victor Caroli probably was a broke dick. Vincent Price. Oh, shit. <laughs> Gloves tossed. Shots fired. All right, we're post-show, guys. Mm-hmm. The show's over. For a show that was supposedly learning its lesson about killing off a beloved father figure, the producers doubled down. Yeah. 
on the gut-wrenching nature of it's loss. Weird. It's a weird choice. I don't think they actually... Maybe this was produced before they realized the repercussions of that. Possible. Might have been in the pipeline already. Evangelists. People that actually have been in this scene a lot longer <laughs> than us that actually know the answer to that question. What is what is true there? Optim- uh, Transformers the movie was being produced during season two. Yeah. Season three, they had to have known the beats of Transformers the movie. They had yeah. the Quintessons, they had all that shit, but maybe uh, they didn't know the public reaction to maybe. it Maybe. Uh, but then it's like, okay, well, there, here's public reaction. It's harsh. Let's bring him back for a second, but make it twisted in a way that's only not going to satisfy you at all. Even without a public reaction, it still seems like a callous thing to do to the main character from the series all the, this whole time. I think it's a good episode. I think there's a good moral to the story of like, you know, don't put, you know, careful who you put on a pedestal, you know, like. Sure. These people obviously put Optimus, uh, and, you know, he was awesome, but they put him on a pedestal, and then when he came, comes back from the dead, they're like, just like, they're just like. Unquestioning. Blindly following this guy. One person. Especially. Well, well, I mean, everybody went on Cybertron. Every single Autobot. Yeah. So I think it's a lesson to be learned there, like, you know. Uh, when, a maybe. Pers- when a person comes back from the dead, just don't do everything they say. <laughs> and maybe <laughs> see you later, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And maybe I shouldn't believe everything Trump says. Or Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, great. Did Prime have to fly into the detonator? Like, couldn't, could, 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 in theory, couldn't he have just turned around as well? And it did seem unnecessary. And gone back to Cybertron and, and kind of, like, you know, maybe repaired off or Prime even. Or even. I even gotten was, on the shuttle with them and just programmed the one the flagship to crash into it sure. on autopilot. He clearly wasn't in his right mind. It's true. He was obviously not making good decisions. I mean, maybe by taking command of that decision, it was kind of, you know, I mean, he's a person that likes to put himself out there. Yeah, in most incarnations, every time he dies, and he dies a lot, it's through sacrifice in that way. You know what it's time for, guys? Great. Um, So I did look at the script. You indicated there were some links on uh, TF Wiki, but it was just a link to the dialogue script, and it was exactly the same. So um, I went with just some of the some trivia here. Uh, There's a bunch of Star Wars sound effects in this episode. Okay. Um, This is not completely comprehensive, but from the TF Wiki, there's a long X-Wing whine from the Rebel squad approaching the Death Star, which is heard in the opening shot as the Autobot shuttle flies past the camera. Mm -hmm. Um, As the Decepticons launch their torpedoes, sounds from one of the firefights on the Death Star can be heard. Uh, The whine of Luke's X-Wing about to crash into Dagobah. It plays as the mausoleum approaches the sun, where you apparently you can even hear the sounds of branches hitting the canopy. Hmm. Um, then there's the Death Star super laser sound as the Autobots escape from the mausoleum. Why? Well, I, I mean, I have to assume that those things are all copyright protected. Again, we I've never I can't find any information on it, but I I, I don't know if, if it's connected to Nelson Shin being connected to Transformers, but. Maybe it's not. Maybe that is public like availability for those sound effects. It can't be. I think that they. I think they're up for sale. I think once they make the movie, they can start some of that stuff. That's true. They. they, I would imagine. You're right, though. Maybe they could be purchased. It's interesting that somebody would purchase a sound effect that had some incidental other other things in it. Uh, But (laughs) it also says they're a much higher audio quality and sit higher in the editing bed, so you can hear them more. Than the other sound effects in the episode. Hmm. 
Hmm. You know, I, it is true. They, they, they could, Lucasfilm could license that shit out. It could also just be sampled and stolen like early hip hop music. Mm hmm. Uh, the hmm. other thing I had was in season five, quote unquote, when uh, the episode is rebroadcast. With, those are the ones with Tommy and Power Master Optimus Prime. You remember mm, that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, they meet in a barren wasteland where Tommy, apparently a reporter for Autobot City News, asked in a reply. Why are you employing a child? To be, well, uh, like a, he's a cub a, reporter. A journalist. Okay. He, he asked for the inside scoop on how Prime came back from the dead, and he says, Okay, what would you like me to tell you? Tell us the real scoop, the behind-the-scenes super-secret story of how you came back from the dead. And then 22 minutes later, at the end of the episode, Tommy's pissed and says, You said you were going to tell me how you were brought back to life, and instead you tell me a story where you weren't really brought back to life at all. And even if you were, you'd be dead again by now. Tommy is furious, accusing Prime of dodging questions and not telling him how he really cheated, cheated death. Prime informs him that there's more than meets the eye to this story. In fact, the story has only just begun. Tommy stops him as his recorder has run out of tape. Tommy and Prime then blast off to outer space to maybe, I don't know, go to the store to buy more tape. Cold. Darkness. Then darkness. Light. Uh, first of all, Tommy, respect Prime. Stop he's, subjecting Prime like he's your your no. your little bitch. He's a, he feels like Prime is giving fake news. This is also Power Master Optimus Prime, mm-hmm. no doubt. Uh, you know, I think maybe Tommy needs a privilege check. I wonder where Tommy is today. Just like uh, where's the Britannic Encyclopedia guy? Oh God! <laughs> so that's it. All right, very good. Cool. Um, you know, at this point. Hello? What? <laughs> Ominous. I get there's somebody at the door. Caleb, would you go pick up the door? All right. Pick up the door! <laughs> go pick up the door! Iconic moment. That's a door opening. Squeak! Uh, what's going on? Uh, all right, all right, all right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, seriously. Uh, hello, everybody. Thanks, thanks. I'm hey, sorry. Caleb, thanks for letting me in the door. Here. Well, we, really can do, nice let's do, we can do this again. Hold on. I, no, I didn't, uh, I, no, that's fine. We don't need to do this again because, you know, I just showed up. I mean, oh. I don't need a formal Who introduction or anything. Who the shit are you? Well, I just, you know, I'm just uh, a big fan of the show. My name's Dreadnoughts. Oh, good. Oh, that's... Yeah. I, I've been listening to your show mm-hmm. on me chopper, <laughs> uh, just riding around, you know, decapitating blokes with me chainsaw as I drive down the road. And just wanted to come by and wish you guys, just like so many people have. It's so very self-indulgent of you. Well, <laughs> but I just wanted to be a part of the happy 100th show. Oh, show happy 100th, guys. Thank you. That's very nice. That You seem to be getting a lot of axle grease on our recording equipment. It's And you're picking your nose. <laughs> no, see, that's a problem I have with... Oh. Uh, with blokes like you, uh, you know, giving the dreadnoughts a bad name, yes, a bit of axle grease. Now, is it dreadnoughts or dreadnoughts? Listen, my name is dreadnoughts. That's your name? Dreadnoughts. Okay. Uh, I'm, you know, kind of the inspiration for all of the dreadnoughts. Uh, oh, like, like, it's like... kind of an amalgamation, but it's like a reverse amalgamation where they picked apart all parts of my personality and uh-huh. turned it into lots of multiple characters. Like Fred Dukes in Bloodsport. 
I've never seen that movie <laughs> because, it, well, let me get situated. <laughs> what the fuck? Sorry, there's something in my throat. Uh, a lot of people, uh, like I, uh, where I was going earlier, okay. a lot of people yeah, believe yeah. that dreadnoughts are evil, vile, disgusting people. But really, we're not. We do a lot for charity. Mm. We are. Uh, Toys for tots. Well, it's more like. Uh, uh, kind of a uh, uh, notch for knots is what we call okay. it. Actually, <laughs> so. yeah, what we do is we uh, the, the the scalps of our decapitated foes. So you decapitate them and scalp them. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. We believe in sustainability. <laughs> I don't know if that tracks. We're very All right. earth friendly, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we take those scalps. And we uh, deliver them to, you know, the, the children and, and just, you know, people that need ponytails. <laughs> okay. Oh, I get it. So it's kind of like hair replacement. Yes. But it's fucking somebody's It's fucking like, scalp. Uh, yeah, a, a sort of a hell club. I, my accent is very different. You seem to be from a lot of, <laughs> yeah. you're just from everywhere. Well, like I said, I'm, the, all of the dread uh, noughts. On amalgamation of me, dread knock. So you know, I'm a man of the world. I've been around. You know, I've I'm, you know picked up a little bit of accent here and there. Okay. It, I'm like, like Madonna. Uh, the, you know, like Madonna. I mar- well, that's another part of my history. Actually, I'm glad you asked. I married Guy Ritchie. Okay. In the nineties, late wow. 90s. Uh and you know, you spend time with Guy. And your accent just kind of develops just over happens. time. It's like sexually transmitted accents. <laughs> he did ejaculate. S-T-A. He did ejaculate in me bum. Okay. And then all of a sudden, I had this accent. Mm. Well, that, I'm glad that you like the show. <laughs> Congratulations, guys. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank I get, you so much. I, I'll, I'll see Michelle out. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Close the door on your way out. <laughs> Wonderful. That was interesting. Yeah, While was. he was here, uh, our dog just she got very excited by it his did. presence. Lucy just showed up on the scene. Well, he here. smelled like ham. <laughs> Clickety clicky. He did have a very pork based <laughs> scent. Uh, but that's great what he's doing for kids. No, I'm glad. I'm glad he's decapitating and then scalping people, or maybe scalping as, the as decapitating. Long as, as, long as, end, as long as in the end there's, there's something good being done, then the rest of that stuff is... That's true. It's uh, it is, means is, to an end. I feel bad about the, you know, how we feel about the dreadnoughts. I don't. Oh, okay. Nah. All right. Uh, well, uh, is, is there any other fun stuff here? <laughs> uh, we have uh, the iconic moment. Oh, you know what? It, how could we forget about that? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, all right. Okay. Hang on a minute. We were just getting ready to talk about an icon. I guess we should open. Oh, who is it? Who is it? Oh. Oh. Wow. So, uh, normally, uh, this is incredible. First of all, Ghost of the Iconic Moment, is that you? Yeah. <laughs> normally, you Am just... invisible? Normally, you just poof into the scene. You're in... You, well, you were, you were definitely translucent. Yes. 
Are you British? Now? <laughs> no. But normally you uh, you poof into the scene. You actually took the you know the nicety yeah. of knocking on the door. <laughs> yeah, yep, seems pretty inconsequential. <laughs> Great. Great. Certainly, you, so you came back to wish us well, like all the, the the others that we've listened to today. Have I ever come by to wish you guys well? <laughs> I guess that's true. He kind of has just been no. a shithead. So, well, okay, you've. Uh, I'm you've, hungry. <laughs> got I've any got, food? I've got some, some chicken wings, maybe. I have okay. some white cheddar cheese its upstairs. Uh, would you care for some of those? Ooh, was that? Did you lose a bet? White cheddar is pretty good. Yeah. Cheddar's right. better. <laughs> I'll take it. Cheese's knees. Is there? It's been you a while know, since we've seen you. Is there any in, information you can give us about the afterlife, or what's your experience been thus far? Well, um, I was gonna say that uh, I lost my apartment. Oh no! They have apartments in I, I, what I presume to be heaven. No, I've got an apartment here in town. <laughs> okay. You think there's Chico's in heaven? <laughs> no, there's Chico's in hell. <laughs> yeah. what, what, you lost your apartment. Uh, yeah. Story? Well, similar to uh, the episode that you guys are doing, <laughs> mm-hmm. my apartment's a lot like the mausoleum. <laughs> it's floating in No, lonely. Oh. Forgotten about. Decrepit. There's a cloud of weed smoke in my living room. (laughs) The veil of remembrance. remembrance. That's a veil of short-term memory loss. (laughs) Great. Did you you have a moment that you enjoyed the most of this episode? Uh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You want to keep it to yourself? (laughs) Yep. Okay, great. Thanks for stopping by. The uh, ghost of the iconic moment is somewhat of a loner. <laughs> I don't know why. Hey. Yeah. Got any money? Well, we can talk about that what, I mean, I, I, uh, what would you do with that money? I'm always a little bit hesitant to just uh, give it away. Oh, I'd invest it in the stock market. <laughs> Oh, okay. That sounds very. Wow. That sounds very responsible. No other yeah. questions you asked. Didn't, you didn't think I was opening up my wallet, which actually I've got one of those wallets. It's just a credit card wallet, but I do jam cash into it when I have it, and I'm giving all that cash to you right now. Here yeah, you go. Thank because you. you weren't sarcastic at uh, all. Oh yeah. And, and, no, I'm gonna uh, go do something really responsible <laughs> with this right now. Okay. Are there any stocks you've got your eye on? I'm looking for some hot tips. Um. Sure. It's uh. Goes to the iconic moment LLC. <laughs> oh, it's a new and up and coming. Oh, I, I've actually heard of that on the scene. What, they're that company that is. What are they doing? They're hanging out on your sofa tonight. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Right. Right. Can I come over and watch Game of Thrones tonight? So you don't have HBO at your. I only have HBO. <laughs> That was a very terrible. <laughs> Actually, they, they, it used to just be called H Boo. They dropped the last O. <laughs> I would think they would have added O's. <laughs> right, got to cut costs somewhere. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, thanks uh, for coming by. Thanks for the money. <laughs> Poof. Poof. Good times. All right. Well, uh, that was that was a lot of fun. That was uh, the least fun actually I've ever had with uh, the ghost. 
Really, I got some. I got some other ones that were worse. It's <laughs> it's almost. As I if, thought that was great. It's almost as if he didn't know he was coming by. Yeah, like we sprung it on him without yeah. any preparation. Oh well, I think he'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Is there? Uh, I mean, gosh, I mean, a hundred episodes. I we've had so many great guests and 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 uh, you know people giving us the kudos. Is there anybody else you'd like to drop by? Hey guys! What, what? I hang on a minute. For for a second, I heard top forty music. Mm-hmm. And and that then... was weird. Nah, but uh, hey, I'm here now to talk <laughs> to you about how uh, it's a hundred episodes of shit. Did you want to interview me? What the fuck is going on, Casey? You look surprising. <laughs> Like Ron Friedman. Oh, it's a roast. I see what's happening here. Well, you guys have done terrible things, and I hope that you have a hundred less episodes. Everybody said a hundred more. I was going opposite. <laughs> That's a, a very improvisationally negative of you. Casey, Kasem, <laughs> uh, the last time we saw you, I believe you were helping uh, correct us over the uh gosh what was it uh this the the pronunciation of the word dreadnought somebody's got a hold your feet to the fire and i would love nothing more than to set all of yous on fire you can't figure out if it's dreadnoughts or dreadnoughts and i don't know either <laughs> all right well that was a lot of fun thanks casey yeah fuck you see you hope you die real soon <laughs> okay then. That was great. That was wonderful. Applause all around for that segment. What a garbage dump. So, iconic moment. Uh-huh. Oh, the horrible mutilation of Optimus Prime. Well, I mean, that's not a moment. That's throughout the whole episode. No, no. Where he specifically gets destroyed by plasma from the, the yeah. shots. Yes. Oh, at the end of the episode? Yeah, yeah. And his where face gets ripped away. His face and... is gone and his arm is gone. Yeah. That's okay. just, I will say, aside from that, like the moment where that Autobot falls out of the, the tomb, where Daniel yeah. opens it up, and that there's that horrible horror movie sound, that, that creeped me out as a kid, and it's still pretty scary. Are you secondarily aligned to that as well? Yes, let me think if I can think of another one. Um, I mean, Optimus Prime appearing all out of nowhere with <laughs> just the top showing up. Oh, fuck. <laughs> there he is. I'm pretty sure there was a Curly Jefferson sound effect. It was like, <laughs> at that moment. Shout out to my Mighty Boosh fans out there. Uh, <laughs> for me, it was when Prime says, forgive me. And then he just fires a hot rod in the team. Because that's when you knew definitively that there was something, something was fucked up mm-hmm. about him. That's Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Well, you'll take it. I guess we're done here. Are we? Do we want do we want to go another hour? <laughs> We've been recording for about three and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, almost four hours, so, actually. Well, this is going to be... I, I hope you enjoy the action. Mike Cyber, do you care to send us any more audio accolades? That was so sweet. That was, was very nice very of him awesome. to like put and, the and work into that to do. It was awesome for everyone to actually consider. Absolutely, and for everybody to take time to, to say nice things to us. I, that was wonderful. Uh, it makes it worth doing. Another another hundo? Do you want to try for it? How many episodes are there of the series proper? 85? I think there... No, there's like 100 and some. It's over 100. I think I put away my discs. Is it over 100? I think so, but that may be including the Japanese ones. I'm not sure. 
Okay, well, I don't no promises. Yeah, you might be right. There might be less than 100, because I think I looked it up. It's just like, maybe we can review episode 100 of the Transformers, and I think they're like 96. Well, to end this on a down note, oh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> that The tagline that everyone loves. Please, Put that on a t-shirt. Please forgive me. <laughs> All right, thanks. First of all, thank you for everybody who participated in this uh, little adventure. Absolutely, um, that was very sweet. Thank you to Mike for putting that together. Um, and, you know, it seems weird to to pump the shop. That shop exists. There's some posters. Go get that. A uh, hundred, a <laughs> hundred in. Will there be a hundred more? I don't know. All uh, right, there'll be at least like one more. Doubtful. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna keep I, like I I would like you've mentioned this before Aaron too I would like to do the prop the the what is kind of the sequel to this the return of Optimus Prime series yeah, absolutely I think that um, we we've been talking about this a little bit there's uh, I think that where where life might exist is in reviewing individual episodes the fact is there are other podcasts that do review individual episodes i haven't listened to them yet and i probably wouldn't because i wouldn't want it to taint our own interpretation mm-hmm. but i think i don't think it would be for us a starting at the beginning and going to the end i think what we would probably do is just cherry pick yeah just whatever we want. We like and uh, all hail and and, and and screams of stars would like to be on the episode of the golden lagoon if we ever do oh that one. yeah for sure we'll we'll do that and also figure out our technology while we're at absolutely it. we need to just stop leaning on mike <laughs> uh we'd, we'd need a soundboard yeah stop leaning on mike in general here mike as the guy in the background holding <laughs> Holding his recording equipment while talking to Ron Friedman is a is an image I'll never forget and also never <laughs> cease to appreciate. Thank you, everybody. A hundred in, a hundred more to come. That's four years down the line. A hundred more to come. Oh Jesus! Please. Will can, there be an APDC after this? Who knows? Probably. APDCAD. It might just be that at some point. <laughs> just Ryan talking. Yeah. Sexy. Mm-hmm. Try not to come. But That's com- his tag. But please come back for the next episode. Google Play, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, iTunes users, subscribe. Keep mm-hmm. leaving those reviews. If you're international. Five stars, please. If you're international, uh, let us know about it so we can so we can talk we'll about it. Out, and uh, and of course, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of them at APODDCast. And of course, the web presence Autopodcast.com. Shop, merch, blah, blah, blah. 100 episodes. Uh, we did it. This is a mediocre episode. Oh, God. No, you Bye. Got- bye, bye, bye. <laughs>